Welcome to the Broken Token Classic Arcade and Pinball Podcast. Whitney, it's hard to believe that we've knocked out like 98 some odd of these episodes, isn't it? it Brent, uh, let Does me anybody it. listen to this? Uh, let me oh, wait, hold on, wait a minute, hold on. Yeah. Is anybody out there? We think so. We think so. I, I'll have to get out my toes and my fingers because I, I, the way that I keep track of them now is I count backwards from 100. So oh, okay. Let's see. All right. So let's see. It starts at see, 207, 343, <laughs> uh, 42. That's some Kentucky. 42. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, oh yeah, 98. So yeah. Here, here we are. Okay. Yeah, we're good. That, that was some Kentucky math. There's, yes. there's uh, a small segment of our listeners that will be able to follow yeah, that. Yeah. Don't use any of those numbers to either buy a lotto ticket or do your taxes. I, I, we are absolved of all of that. Oh, we are into tax season, aren't we here in the U.S.? <laughs> it, 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 is, uh, it is that time, yes. Oh, uh, yeah. I've actually got mine kind of off right now. I got the call today. I can go pick them up. So I'm just. Oh, you're doing well. I'm just so. Oh, <laughs> seriously. Oh, last year I was. You got them done. You got them done this early. That's that's pretty good. Yeah, last year I was a little bit behind, but it was. Uh, I, I think I mentioned this on the show, and it, it, if memory serves, it may have come up because I, I bet we had some delays here and there. My uncle was ill and had passed away. Oh, I know I did. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because yeah. my uncle John was the source source of the panther. Yes. Yes. And. Maxine agrees for those that hear that. Yeah. 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 If I translate that, she'll say that was episode 74. Oh, was it? Is what that would be. Yeah. Do you know that? No, I don't. Oh, you just said that. You should have just went with it. Yeah. Because I'd have believed you in a heartbeat. (laughs) Well, the problem is, is that the internet doesn't lie. So in that regard, so I, I, you know. I would have easily been fact checked on that. Yeah. yeah. Well, that is, that is the, that is the common thing now. Yeah. Yes, it is. I mean, you you can't even joke, but let's not let's not go there. Yeah, okay, let's yeah. not go there. But Epso- no. episode eighty two is when the panther first, is when the panther first uh, first came on the scene. Okay. Yes, did uh, we didn't mention this uh, sidebar to a sidebar? The panther has a prominent position next to the display case in my game room that we talked about on the last episode. Yeah, and the great thing about it is the panther's black, the wall is purple, and when the lights are off, you never even know it's there. <laughs> you, you just he just wigs you out. That's what it is. <laughs> you, it's nowhere near as bad as a clown. No, Seriously. And, and I noticed you still position yourself. You adjust the table. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't want to see that clown. Oh, no. You adjust, yeah, you're, you've adjusted yourself so that, you, the, that Ziggy the clown is obscured from your it, vision. It, exactly. Because... The problem is I will I will lose my temper and I will uh, I, I'll, I'll cause you, bad not. things to happen in another person's house and I don't I don't need yeah, that on my not. conscience so <laughs> I, so it's just better if I just don't look at it you uh, know? Brent how, how did how did that show end well <laughs> well he owes me two new doors <laughs> a Ziggy, three three light fixtures in a in a Ziggy the clown but he says he's not going to pay for that one and I don't know why. Oh, we know why. Oh yeah. my gosh, poor old Ziggy. <laughs> he gets such a hard time. I have such. I still have plans for Ziggy, but you know, it is and I'll get into this here as we're talking about kind of yeah, what I think it's called a bonfire. <laughs> yeah, gosh. Well, that that took a turn. Yeah, there you go. Oh, I I do. I I still want to use Ziggy as a platform. <laughs> 
<laughs> you almost spit water all over my row of pinballs. It, well, it, it, my screen caught it instead, and I'm sitting here thinking a platform. Hmm. Political platform, platform for social change, maybe a platform for... <laughs> a platform. I, I don't know what. A platform. Oh, you use him to as a step stool. As a, that, oh, that now kind of platform. Yes, take that him platform. Out, take him out in the garage and use him as a, as a you know, put a little an additional step on him so yeah. I can get up on the top and use him to reach the high shelves. Is that that's what you were talking that's about? That's exactly right. Poor no, Ziggy. No can of soup will go unreachable at that point in time. Poor so, Ziggy. Yeah. He's so disrespected. <laughs> I wanted to use him as a platform to learn how to program an Arduino. Oh, got it. Okay, you know, well, now there is value in that, for put, sure. Put some uh, addressable RGB LEDs in place of just like the red LED, LEDs that are in the background. Put some uh, RGB addressable LEDs up in the top of the dome, like the circus tent dome. Yeah. Maybe some LEDs in his eyes. <laughs> I see that, yeah. that right there. And uh, that's, uh, uh, that's where it goes a little amp too and far. some sound. And I mean, he swings on his little swing. I mean, he's just the cutest thing as, as does, ever. Does, I he mean, do, does he do that on like Friday nights at 2 a.m. just by himself? Well, that, if he I does, does, he's down here alone. Oh, I mean, fair, fair enough. Yeah. He, he's not loud enough where I can hear him. Oh, okay. I don't care what he does down here as long as he cleans up, you know. <laughs> but his his swing motor is just got a little relay on it with i think it's 12 volt so i mean i can i can trip that with an arduino oh, i yeah. can make it do all kinds of stuff yeah and, oh yeah yeah you know but i would love to i would love to see the um I, i'd love to see the the end effect on all of that before i hit it with a bat you know what i'm saying <laughs> it'd be like brent this is really cool whack 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 you know <laughs> i had sorry my, when i my original thought was to uh, um you know, because he, he just swings and he says some very generic things. And for the people that don't know what a Ziggy is, he's a capsule vendor. You could put like the the, the standard size kind of two part capsules, or you could even put like I guess like little e like eggs, like from a ch you know like a chicken egg vendor, that kind of a size capsule you could put in it. And I don't even think now that I was going to say you put a quarter in it, turn it, and he says something, but I I don't even remember that having a switch on it to trip it. It's it's pretty basic. It's very the, the capsule VIN part is mechanical that I remember, and then it's got a little board in it, and he it he just swings and occasionally he says stuff like I am Ziggy, and you know yeah. it's got some LEDs in the background. It's got a card in the back that kind of looks like a circus tent. Yeah, there's all kinds of things you could I could do with it. And yeah, it just, but the, the, those handful of things seem like a good platform to learn to program Arduino. And I, I just had this idea that you could you could make like a dual Ziggy. You know, you can make them just <laughs> like. Oh, like, oh, Brent, just like stop, blues just and stop, purples stop. and and just, whites, and he's all happy, <laughs> and then just some you no know, nondescript button yeah. on him, and you put punch the button, and it all goes into like like deep purples and reds and no. oranges, and starts playing Metallica. Now that would be and he cool. talks like that. Right? That, that would know, be cool, like uh, Exorcist Ziggy. Yeah, I walk up to it, and he flips red and purple. And, yeah, and it's like I'm done here. I'm done. I'm I'm, I'm leaving. I'm Whitney leaving. here, hold this RFID <laughs> and walk over to Ziggy. Walk Why? over to Ziggy. <laughs> oh, you'll see. <laughs> Hello, Whitney. <laughs> da, da, da. Oh, oh my goodness! Wow. Oh man. Uh, well, everything down here is uh, still. Let's see. What's my note? I've updated my note. Double super still still broken. Uh, it's. I mean that that's like stretching out there. But trust yeah. me, I get it. Everything's nice and dusted. I have gotten that far, and I've turned the game room on. So. Uh, a couple times since last month, and oh, nothing cool. else has gotten jacked up. But I, I haven't addressed the game room because I've continued my tirade of just clearing stuff out. And now 
it is extended out into the garage. And I think I might've mentioned that a little bit, but I've actually crossed a line where I've decided it's time to evict a bunch of project games. Oh yes. And I've already gotten rid of two pinball machines. I had a, a Mary Shelley's Frankenstein and a black hole. And at one point in time, long ago, I wanted to keep them. And then as the game room has shifted, I'm trying to think. I can't even remember how long they've been out there. At least five years? At least? Probably the Frankenstein, maybe more like six. Regardless, at one point in time, like I said, I, I was going to keep them, but I, I've, I've, cha- I've long decided that I, d- I didn't want them in the main collection. Yeah. You know, they weren't yep. games I was going to keep. Yep. Of the two, actually, I went back and forth the most on the black hole. And I, that's probably just because it's kind of interesting and unique, just the gameplay and the double level and all that kind of fun stuff. But when it was all said and done, like I said, I, I've walked around and I mentioned this to a few people that the list of things to go changes in that it grows almost daily as I'm making decisions. Do you feel, do you feel good about that? Yes. I mean, yeah. Yes. Uh, okay. Fair enough. I have no, no regrets. Yeah. Do, have, yeah. You seen, have you seen the old meme? Oh, yeah, the yeah. tattoo meme where it's yeah. misspelled. Where it's misspelled. It? Yes. Yeah. So, um, no, that's good. Yeah. I wanted to make sure someone knew that wasn't a Kentucky thing. <laughs> it was actually referencing <laughs> no, that's, something. Yeah. It's an internet meme. So we're good. So those are gone. I had a, uh, now this is kind of interesting. I had this Tato, correct me, go ahead. Tato. Okay. Yeah. Whichever. Yeah. Whichever. I, I'll say it. I will say it both ways within 30 seconds. Wait. Yeah. It's just the way it is. So the cab I always thought was a frog and spiders cab. Okay. And I put a link to it in the show notes just so that everybody can kind of see what it looks like. And it was, it, it doesn't look like a, like a zookeeper or a kicks type cab because those cabs were the same and i think they use that cab on several other games maybe like crazy climber yeah like different color uh, yeah alpine ski jungle jungle hunt yes just a bunch of them jungle king all all of those same cab just a different color Uh well this was an i guess an earlier iteration and just a slightly different shape but if you looked at it you could tell that it was sort of loosely related to what would become that kicked zookeeper type cab. Yeah. And it had a, a kind of this variegated paint scheme that varied back and forth between this lighter blue and this darker blue. And it was kind of stair-stepped. It was kind of a neat looking cab and it had a, a, the factory T molding on it. Wasn't a, a, a single color T molding. It was like the two tone deal where you had, you know, uh, one color on the outer edges and a stripe down the middle. I mean, uh-huh. it was, it was, pretty nice and okay this this and I, like i said i put a, sh- a link in the show notes to the F- frog and spiders page on clav or arcade museum you know which however you want to go in there yeah just if people were interested to see what the cab looked like i try to figure out what it was long ago and someone said it's a frog and spiders and that's what i always just thought it was and uh, um i have held on to this thing since literally day one I've mentioned on the show that when I got started, I just, I found an operator. I wanted to, to kind of poke around and teach myself a little bit more about electronics. And I went and I bought everything they had that was broken. Mm-hmm. Well, this cabinet I've had since that original purchase, when I filled up one of, one of my trailers with everything an operator had that was broken and lugged it home. Yeah. yeah. And the cab was just super nice. I mean, really nice. It had a couple little places, and I had gone to do stuff with that cab, 
I don't know how many times over the 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 years, and I just keep look kept because it was a vertical cab. Uh-huh. It would have been a perfect multi game cab, and had the Tatotronics logo on it or has. Yeah, and I just kept looking at it, saying I can't do that to this cab. Some somebody will want this cab, and I'd I'd put it back in the back of the of the building. I go take it out so many years later, and I look at it. And I'm like, no, not and, time yet, not time. And it's yeah. probably been sitting back in that hole again, you know, five, six years. And yeah, you know, it was it was wrapped in plastic, and you know how shrink wrap looks as it ages or a plastic cellophane. It yeah. kind of gets that dull kind of smoky look. It's kind of like a dirty yellow. is yes. what it is. Yeah. That's exactly what it looked like. It yeah. been wrapped up so long. And I said I thought it was a frog and spiders. I remember there being a birdie king like card on the control panel. So I had, my thought was, is that it was converted to a birdie king at some point in time. I pulled it out hmm. and, um, and I, so I decided, okay, it's time. It's got to go. I'm just not going to do anything with it. So I, I, but I, so I started to hunt for somebody that wanted it for what it was. It okay. wasn't just going to multi-game it. Yeah. I was going to give it one more try before it just went out into the world and it probably ended up multi-gamed. Yeah. So it turns out a, a mutual friend of the show knew somebody that was really into these Tato, Tato games, obscure games. He's a real big fan of the black old era, black and white games. And he just happened. And, and I, I can't even recall, honestly, he, he mentioned it to me and I hope to get him on the show, but he had found this super rare Tato board working that he bought on, was it Yahoo auctions in yeah, Japan? That's, that's what you and I were talking yeah. about. Yeah. Yahoo auctions, Japan. Yep. And it was, he, he already had it stateside and was about two days away from getting it. And it turned up, he wanted that he'd already had a flyer for this game and it had the exact same cab on it. Oh, okay. So this must've been a common cab in early Tato arcade days. And it just worked out perfect. I mentioned it to a friend who knew this this person. This person was right like within days of really kind of wanting that cab because it matched this game that he was trying to kind of bring back. And uh, the the game isn't even in Mame, and, and it, it just it drives me crazy. I should text yeah. him here while we're while we're recording and asking what the name of the game I, is. I would I would love to know. Absolutely love to. Well, know. when when you're given when you're when we switch out here, I'll text yeah. him here and, fair, and find out. Enough. But uh, you know, I, you and I haven't even talked about this. We we could probably he, he was willing to come on the show and kind of talk about. I would love that. He he was aware of the of Skyskipper uh-huh. and what you had done, and um, I, I don't think he's going to have that high of a, of a mountain to climb because, I mean, he's got the, the other than the control panel and the marquee, which yeah. he's working through, he's squared away in terms of the cabinet. Yeah, I see. Yeah. You know, yep. and he's got the board coming. But uh, yeah, I spoke with him a little bit and I said, you know, this would be a good story to tell on the show. And he's, oh, he's willing it. to do it. Oh, that would be, that would be fantastic because I mean, here's the thing. We don't, well, I, I'll, I'll speak from my own from my own experience or my own perspective. the The older black and white games, they're, I mean, it's it's a generation all to itself, and it's one that I've really not gotten into well, near now, as much as I should have. So this game, this board is color. It is now okay. and something I didn't know. He was telling me that a lot of the games in Japan, the cocktails 
tended to be a black and white uh-huh. version of a game, at uh-huh. least within whatever this time period is. Yeah. But the uprights were color. Yeah. So yeah. this particular game is a is the air quotes color version. Gotcha. N- Nintendo was the same way. I mean, oh, were they? You can find you can find black and white and color variants of some of their early games. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm actually texting him right now. Um, as the show listens, uh, as as the internet listens to what <laughs> as Brent te- as we text here on Broken Token. Well, hey, there you go. D- did the message come in? No, actually, that was my sister calling me, and I oh. thought I had the phone. This is a, I'm failing all the way around because <laughs> this thing was on vibrate. It, it's okay. It, we're only 98 episodes in, so uh, we yeah, don't know what we're yeah, doing. We're good. We're good to go. So. If he could come on the show and make the time to sit down and talk about what he's doing, kind of his experience, what led him to this, and, and what his in what his in run really really is outside of just restoring the game, I would I think I would I think I'm speaking for the audience. I think it would be an extremely interesting story to to listen to and have told. Well, I think I can arrange that. Okay, I, I just awesome. got, I did just get a text off to him. So we'll see if we get an answer here while we're still recording. Okay, excellent. Excellent. So, I'll look forward to that. So anyway, when I got the game out, and this is kind of where I would like to ask our listeners to check out the link and look at the game. When I got the game out and unwrapped it and looked at it with an eye that had many, many, many more years of experience uh-huh. behind it. I realized this game was actually a factory birdie king. Okay. It had uh, the paperwork, you know, like the dip switch settings for birdie king in the cab. Uh-huh. The staples are, they're, they're not Office Depot type staples. They're, they, the, they're the thicker staples, yeah, aren't they? They, yeah. they are commercial grade. Yep. I've, I'm in a, a probably a pneumatic stapler yep. and somebody in a factory doom, 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 yep. shot him in there. <laughs> and plus, I can't honestly, if it was a conversion... I, I can't see an operator taking time to do that. I can't see an operator barely taking time to throw it in the bottom of the cabinet. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It was obvious the control panel was factory because it, it was, and the Tato made Birdie King anyway, but the detail was too great to have been a conversion unless someone spent a lot of time with it. What the thing looked like overall to me was the the Tato equivalent of a versus cabinet. Okay. Because even the marquee, when I looked at the marquee, it, it said something like new game. I'd have to go back and look at my pictures, but in the silk screen, it's, it had the Tato logo and then there was a an open space kind of toward the bottom of the marquee, like where you'd put a card in it to say, here's what the game is now. And then when you looked at the harness, all the wiring kind of come up to this really kind of interesting connector. It wasn't like a fingerboard like we're used to seeing. It was more like, um, imagine a really, really small... Uh, round pin Molex or amp connector, okay, but with like thirty pins in it, Ugh. and it was in okay, a, it was in, it was oval shaped, and it was in a bracket. And to me, it looked like you would get the board, and it would have the male side of this female connector, and you would like pop it on there, 
and then snap it against the wall and you just change your game. Got it. Okay. You know, it was, it was really kind of cool. And I, I, I took pictures of all of it. And actually what I should do here is, uh, um, what I, what I will do is I will put them up in the, uh, on, on our Facebook page, I guess that's a good place for people to look at them anymore. I, I don't know how many people are still are using Facebook anymore these days. I know there's still a lot out there and there's yeah. a lot that's not, but yeah. regardless, yeah. I'll have to throw them out there and let people take a look at it. But like I said, the more I looked at it with a, with a more experienced eye, I was like, oh yeah, this thing was definitely a factory birdie king. And it it looked like some sort of converted game type situation. I know Birdie King 2 was a was a thing for a hot minute. I wonder when Birdie King was originally released. I have Birdie no idea. I, I don't think that game. I have ever played well, I know for a fact I've never played a Birdie King 2. I may have played a Birdie King at some point down the line, but I didn't play it much or I didn't play it to depth at, at all. I, 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 those games just don't really 82. appeal to me all, all that much, so, honestly. 82. And if you look at the picture on Clov, I've never looked up Birdie King. It just shows the front of the cabinet, and sure enough, it's the same cabinet. Okay. And it's the same control panel I had. But the marquee is different. The marquee says Birdie King with like a, a a yellow background and these blue or blue geez, these green kind of radiating dots. Yeah. Like I said, the cabinet I had had a completely different marquee and it had a slot, a blank in it where like you could put a name card behind it and change the game. Yeah, I mean, it was it. really kind of cool to look at it. 1982. Two. So, yeah. so does he have to do anything to the cabinet, or does he, or is the cabinet? I take it perfect, exactly the way that he wanted it, and he's just ready. He's he's ready to start populating it. Now, now that I don't know, I know okay. he's going to have to deal with the control panel, and uh, th- and that's not too bad of a deal because it's it's flat like a like a Nintendo, you know. So it's nothing special. It's just wooden, so you can trace it and kind of make a a template, if you will, and kind of remake it. Now, what the board looks like, I, I don't know. He did mention that the board was tested and working, and it came with a JAMA adapter. So I don't know if it's got a conventional fingerboard. I don't know if, it, if it's if it got some kind of adapter thing on the end of it that snaps into a cabinet like this. I, I don't even know if that interface, you know, it, was that a... Was there a carrier? I'd love to know more about this. Was there like a carrier and you could put a board in it with a, you know, when it plugged in like to a conventional fingerboard and converted it to this little harness deal? I, I don't know. Okay. You know, nonetheless, he's at least got the cabinet and then he, he can just work it from there. So anyway, so that that's out of here. We'll get some more information on that as it develops. I mean, this is this is kind of hot off the the Brent Griffith presses here within the past couple <laughs> days. Honestly, yeah. I got a Mister Do's Wild Ride that was decently kitted into a Defender cabinet, and um, I've spent way more time on it than I ever thought I should have, and I should have just left it as it was and sold it. So let me <laughs> <laughs> let me ask you the question. Okay. What what are you going to do with a Mr. Do's Wild Ride, assuming that either you do love the game no, it's, or it's good. you don't? I, it's going to get sold. Okay. I was just yeah. curious because, hey, nothing against that title whatsoever. Just a little bit of an esoteric title for somebody to 
toss that on the table and focus on. Yeah. You no, know, it's like, what did you do last week? Well, I've been restoring my Mr. Do Mr. Do's wild ride. <laughs> it's like, oh, do you have everything? No, but I'm going to find. Yeah, it's. Just, I don't even think it's kind it was, of a weird. I'm pretty sure it was a, a kid game. only at that point. Yeah, so. fair enough. I, you know, I've held on to it because as if if I recall my research long ago correctly, it was like the last and the the mo- the least common in the Mr. Do series because you had what Mr. Do. Mr. Do's Castle, uh-huh. The Revenge of Mr. Do, M- Mr. Mr. Do Strikes Back, <laughs> uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Do's New Hope, uh, yeah, there you and go. then eventually you get to Mr. Do's Wild Ride. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying the game's bad. I mean, the, the premise of it's cool. I mean, the, the, the mechanics of it and everything like that, it's, oh, it, ju- it's, it's just not a common game. No, it's fun yet frustrating. Yes, yeah. yes. So I, I held on to it because it was just uncommon. And I figured that it would be... Uh, a good game like it'd be a good show game it's just down to i've got enough stuff that'll end up in the collection but able to be rotated out like in the garage that i'll have games that i can take to shows you know to to do my part yep you know and let's just be honest i mean if you're collecting universal if you're a big mr do fan uh, there might be some appeal there you're not, and I'll circle back to this point in a second with another game. But you don't walk through a show and you're, you know, you've never heard someone say, Where's Mr. Do's Wild Ride? You know, it doesn't, I don't think it. <laughs> Would it would, would it would it be bad if I said that I had hurt? No, I haven't. <laughs> Sorry, no, I, I haven't. Again, I, and and don't don't take it like I'm picking on the game because I'm not. It's just I, I think Mister Do was the seminal title in that series, and then time moved on pretty quickly mm-hmm. after that. And and so it seems like and Mister Do is a good game. Don't get me wrong, but. Everything that followed, I don't think it ever really got the billing that Mr. D got. Yeah. Yeah. They kind of continued the franchise a little longer than they needed to. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. They stretched it on. So the cabinet, the cabinet was nice and uh, it booted up, but you could tell it had been sitting. So it was one of those things. Do I let it go as it sets? Can I put a little time in it and, and make it a little bit more stable and frankly, pay myself a little bit more for having stored it for so long. Okay. Let's just get down to it. Yeah. It yeah. was, it would become a dollar question. Can I make it worth having sat on it for so long that it <laughs> took up all the space in my building? Yeah. And I had a broken marquee in it. So I got a new marquee coming. I'll talk a little bit more about that maybe on the next, next episode. Cause I want to get it. The experience so far has been good with the company that I went with, but it's been a while and I think it's changed hands since I've worked with them. Okay. So I just want to get it in hand and we'll then then I'll mention it and maybe we got a good recommendation there for somebody okay. looking for a marquee. Yeah, either. I would say yeah, close the loop first yeah. and, and then then it's worth talking yeah. about. Yes. Yeah, I said it was in a defender and it still had the linear defender power supply in it and all that fun stuff. And actually I went out in my parts pile and I found a kind of a switcher set up with a, a, an isolation transformer. And an, it was basically kind of a, like almost a, a darn near drop-in solution. It was taken out of some game. I have no idea what it was because there's, I Googled the markings that were on the ISO and it wasn't one of the smaller, more modern ISOs. It was one of the monolithic ginormous ones that, you know, would knock out, I don't know, Sasquatch, you know, yeah. yeah. It was so it was obviously from a, a a game of the period, a game of the t- back from back in the day. But I have no idea what game. And it, but like I said, it was all 
together. It, it had a line filter. It had a fuse. It had the ISO. It had everything. Okay. Yeah. And so I, I, uh, I pulled out the Defender setup and the linear setup and opted to put it in. So I, you know, I had an isolation transformer. I was all ready to rock and roll, put a switcher in it. So it was more reliable. The, the linear was about ready to go anyway. I could tell the voltage was so weak. It was, it would run then sputter and lock up and all that kind of fun <laughs> stuff. Now the flip side of that is, is I, I've got the power section out of a defender. So the intention there is it'll go and live on in somebody's restoration yeah. for somebody that wants the power section from a defender. Yeah. Uh, had a 4900 in it so i rebuilt that 4900s are a breeze to rebuild so i was like oh okay why not yeah you know yeah. knock that out nice monitors yeah they are yeah you know they're not my fate we know the, my favorite is the 46 but the 49 does does well mm-hmm. so yeah nice monitor yeah. this one came out really nice and i was trying to decide if i was going to repaint it it had been <laughs> repainted in this blue and uh-huh. i just like I, i've got to the point where no i put enough time in it yeah. you know it it'll clean up well and it'll be all right so yeah. i let it go but i do plan to re-t-mold it it's got a williams at least on the defender games had had a rather narrow T-molding. Uh-huh, yes. And I happen to have a huge, huge reel. Uh-huh. I mean, like, throw it over my shoulder like a fire hose and lug it around huge reel. Oh, you could you could jump off a mountaintop with that reel. Oh, yeah, and, and I'd be fine. S- swing yeah. around like Batman. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, um, actually, so if you need some Defender T-molding, Whitney, it, I got you. I got oh. you hooked up. Oh, <laughs> and trust me, I do. I really do. So, so, no, I no, no joke. I I need, I need enough to do three cabinets worth. I think though, Defender isn't it leather? It, it, it is. No, it's, this it's is like, smooth. Then is it? Yeah, it's smooth. Well, Unless, man, every, is internet close your ears. I don't like leather team. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Well, guess, yeah. guess what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm your Huckleberry. Yeah, so. I'll, I'll make you a sweet, sweet deal, and by sweet, sweet, you get to haul it off. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and re-team mold it because the team molding's a little beat up and it's yeah. got some junk on it, and I got it. And yeah. it's, I mean, they don't even. I'm looking back at my Defender. They just team molded basically the front. Mm-hmm. They didn't even go all the way around the game. <laughs> so. Go Williams, go me. But yeah, that's that. I'm going to try to seal that up. The marquee should be here, I think, Saturday. And I'll, I'll, and it's coming USPS. So get that out of my way. And as I'm I'm going through here, you know, I I had this corner on the back of my, you know, the back wall of my garage and I'm pulling all these games out. I had a battle zone back there. So, I mean, as one does. Dude, the funny thing about that is it's the same thing at my place. It's like you rummage through and it's like, huh. (laughs) Wow. There's a frogger back there. And it's like, don't, don't go, don't frogger me now. Because I had, it took me forever to get a a frogger. I I, I know. You know, I know. But yeah, trust me. I I, I get it. And that's the sign that you've been in too too long, too deep is what it is right there. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like what what's what's in the middle of this this pile of games yeah. this stand oh, of games oh that's right that's another defender oh yeah yeah exactly so there was yeah. a battle zone back there it's weird yeah and that came out of uh the storage units that i bought out i mentioned it several shows oh, ago. I, I remember is that the storage that i that i went to it, help it you is. move it yeah is. fair yeah. enough yeah 
And honestly, I thought I was down to just a couple games out of that storage unit left. Because I remember when I when the deal went down, the upside for the seller was he he got rid of everything in one shot. So the the price had to be right. And we discussed this. I mean, he was a sweetheart of a gentleman and he, he was just ready to kind of move on. And I told him, I was very honest with him. I said, I'm going to, the win with me is that I can make all this disappear in one shot. To do that, I'm still having to do a lot of footwork. I'm having to borrow big trucks to do it and, and call and friends, call, call a lot yeah, of friends. Yeah, exactly. But after I, if, after I clear out, uh-huh. you know, I'm willing to clear out other stuff in my, in my space to bring this stuff in, but I can make it all disappear in one shot in a day. But it'll take me, I said, 18 to 24 months uh, at the minimum. Oh, at, at the minimum to move it all. Yeah. yeah. To, and I said, I'm, I'll tell you right now, I, I want this, 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 and these pieces are staying. Uh-huh. And uh, that's where my Tron came from. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yep, yep. Yep. No, I just, that's, that's got leatherette T-molding on it, Brent. I, I want to change that so bad right now. I, oh, I want to change that so bad. He's... He, uh. Uh, I, I'm not going to describe to people what you you he was, all right I will yeah he was just he was just kind of caressing my Tron yeah and it's like huh le- leather T molding there how about that I I didn't realize that you had such an aversion to leather T molding it, it ranks it ranks just barely above clowns so <laughs> <laughs> barely no seriously I I don't know Hold why on, I think I'm crying yeah Hold I, on. I don't know why I fixate on such things but I do. <laughs> And leather team, leather, leather at T molding or leather, I guess, surface T molding. I just, I just don't like it. I just don't. You know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not opposed to it. Like I'm not trying to rid the world of it, (laughs) but it, it, it kind of is very of the time, but it isn't endearing like wood grain. Oh, wood grain. You know, like, look, wait, hold on, hold on, wait are we pro or con wood grain? We're con wood grain all the way. Yes. That that's the number three thing on my list that I would rid the world of if I had a chance. Clowns, leather tea molding, and wood grain. Gone. I can't believe it. as long as I've known you. And oh. as long as we've done this. Yeah. This this just now comes out in episode ninety eight. <laughs> yeah. Well, you never know where these conversations are gonna go. <laughs> I've just got one thing to say. <laughs> I've got one thing to say. What what? Get out of my house. <laughs> you know something? Perfectly played. Look Perfectly at, played. Look at, look at the Phoenix here. Look I, I know. The, the, the thing, look at the wood grain. I, I Bask in the wood grain I, I, of the, the Phoenix. The thing, that, the thing that gets me is every time I see a wood grain cabinet, I always think, man, that would look so much better black. Like the side art against black. That would be awesome. Time Pilot. To see a black I'm time pilot, it, it looks awesome. It would look awesome. I would, I'm not saying that. Yeah. I'm also not saying that would be sacrilegious, but I, it's the, it's what yeah, makes I it it. I, I know. I know. I, but I don't like it, but I know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Do, do, so, so at some point you're going to murder your frogger. Is that what you're telling me? Uh, no, I'll, I will solution the frogger is what <laughs> I will do. I'm, I'm not going to murder a frogger, but I am going to solution oh a frogger. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. 
I may actually be having a, an aneurysm. <laughs> an arcade aneurysm. Yes, oh my I, gosh. Show title. No, that's not a good show title. I don't anything with that infers aneurysm. No, no, no. We're not doing that. Not, yeah. Yeah. I'd love to see the graphic on arcade yeah, no, no, aneurysm. No, no, no. We're not doing that. Roll that one back. Roll okay. that one back. Oh my gosh. Where yeah. was I at? Uh um, battle zone. So I as one does, I had a battle zone out there. <laughs> as one does. I pulled it out and and where I was okay to circle that back. I I thought I was down to just a couple games that were out in the garage that were out of that collection. Mm-hmm. There are, there are several pieces down here that were out of that collection. Uh, Tron being the one, the scramble being another. As I've gone and dug more, I have more pieces still left than I than I realized. I knew I had a Moon Patrol. I have two Sea Wolves that came from that collection. I, I re- yep, I remember seeing those. Uh, yeah, I've got. Uh, what was I just? Talking? Oh, the Battle Zone. Yeah, that came out of that group. Yeah, yeah. I've got a cocktail missile command. Uh huh. And I, it, I still feel like I'm missing something. Yeah. I love. Oh, mi- I I've love got, missile command. I've got a millipede. Okay. That's that. Is came that cocktail out of, or upright? Upright. Okay. And I want to say that I still feel like I'm missing something. Yeah. Yeah. I've got more pieces out of that than I than I thought I had, but the Battle Zone, it, it's playing blind. And it needs some odds and ends. Uh, uh, the sticks need grommets, and the the sound is rather unique. And I realize that the speakers have no foam surrounding; they've got just like the cardboard bell or whatever, or uh, what is it called? Not the bell, but the cardboard the, that goes the, the cone. The cone, yeah, it has yeah, the cone, cone. Yeah. but no surround. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, I was. I had the back door open, and I was looking in the back door, and I could see light through the speakers oh, yeah. all the way to perfect oval. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, it needs speakers. It needs are, clean cleaning shy. up, and uh, it needs the rubber on the step re- on the tread replaced. The tread rubber tread replaced. But I think because it's Battle Zone, that one I should go ahead and put some more time in, get it playing, get the monitor back up, get it going. It's going to be sold. I mean, I've got a Battle Zone, and frankly, my Battle Zone is nicer than that Battle Zone. Yeah. So I don't need two Battle Zones. Yeah. And it. it it's going to go. Yeah, okay. Behind it, I had a versus cabinet, uh-huh. and it was a is a DK Junior cabinet, and I'd held on to that. And I just thought of another game that came out of that collection because, and this is why, I held on to the that DK Junior cabinet because I have a conversion kit for a single uh, to go into a donkey to go into a standard single modern Nintendo cabinet, yeah. Donkey Kong Junior Popeye. Yeah, I have the kit to go into one of those cabinets for a single monitor play choice 10. So, oh, nice. Yeah. Wiring harness. It, harness, just, control it, panel, board, everything. everything. And it even has a digital uh, t- a countdown timer uh-huh. that if you look at the instructions, it's got a little tab and you screw it to the to this wall or somewhere in the cabinet and it'll shine through the bezel. Oh, nice. And show yeah. you what your, what your time is left yeah, on the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I know exactly what you're talking about. So th- I was going to build a single monitor nice. play choice 10 into nice. that. Yeah, yeah. And I have a, a single, a, a dedicated single monitor play choice 10 that came out of that collection. Yeah. So I'll just keep that. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'm going to end up making that junior cab, go ahead and put it back together as a versus because it's got a versus harness and everything in it. Mm-hmm. And it's going to go. Mm-hmm. And the, the single monitor setup, honestly... PlayChoice 10 boards are stupid expensive. Oh my gosh. So honestly, and, and, that, and, and that's not even that's that's for a bare board. Yeah. And and then 
add the carts on top of that, and then the stupidity just goes to yeah. level 42. I'm going to go ahead and keep the, the setup so I'll have a spare board is okay. what I'm going to do. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, so it's in there. And then, then behind that... And I've had this for a long time, too. I bought this in auction in Dayton. Uh, I can't remember when. I've got an Atari championship sprint. Okay. So that is, I think, the last of the air quotes sprint series. It's got two wheels on it. Okay. Now, is it championship or super sprint? Super sprint was, I think, a black and white game, and there was a three-player version of it. So let me not make sure I'm not lying to everybody. Champion. I don't. I don't know because I have only. Pl- I, see, I have only seen. Yeah, eighty six. <sighs> so this is in. Is it a system? The yeah. One, yeah, I've only seen the one with three wheels or maybe four wheels on it. So that's an older one. That's an older one. Yeah, yeah. this is this is a this is on a, the system two platform. It runs oh. on a medium res model. Oh, so it's new. It's it's a lot newer. Yeah, then. yeah. It, and it's a it's a like a, a top down. You look down on it, uh-huh. kind of like a. Um, I keep saying, uh, 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 I've said, uh, more in this segment than I think I have in all 97 prior episodes. The, uh, uh, off-road off-road is not made by Atari. No, you're thinking like Ivan Stewart. Ivan Stewart's yeah, off-road. off-road. It's that yeah. same kind of format, uh-huh. except these are like formula cars. Yeah. Okay. F1 cars. Gotcha. So I've got one of those sitting back there and I really wanted to hold on to that and put that down here, like next to a pole position. Uh-huh. I think it's just going to go. Yeah. Honestly, I, I, I think I it's just it. going to go. Yeah. The one game I wanted to mention, and this kind of circles me back to like a show game, is I had a game called Red Alert, and it was from GDI. GDI made this game in Slither. This game was actually an, uh, licensed from Irem, and this game came in that collection. And it, it's, a, it's a fun kind of game. It's like a, uh, if you took Space Invaders, I keep going ugh, and now I'm being self-conscious of it, Whitney. I think I'm just really thrown off on the wood grain thing. And I can't. I can't wrap hey, my brain around. Hey, I apologize for that. I mean, there's. You don't have to apologize for you if, being if, you if, wrong. Well, but, well, I, I apologize for derailing, oh, okay. derailing, oh. derailing your segment. How Is about that? What, that? Okay, yeah, fine. that's what I'm apologizing for. I mean, I apologizing no, for being wrong. No, but, my my hatred for wood grain will stand. But okay, I, I apologize right, for derailing your segment. <laughs> how about that? So I put a link to the show notes in of this game and. Imagine if you took Space Invaders and put it on steroids and the waves were uh, like titled. The, the, the gist of the game was, I guess it was like World War II and you were fending, you were defending these cities from these air raids. But it, you were not defending cities like you would in Missile Command. It would go into a city. It would say the first city was France. Mm-hmm. And you would you would be your little like gun base at the bottom and you move back and forth space invader style and then the air raid waves would fly from the right to the left or left to the right probably to honestly i, I played it at shows because i took it to shows yeah if i recall correctly france starts they enter from the right and fly to the left but unlike space invaders when they hit the other side they don't reset and like the rack moves direction and drops yeah they do get lower but they do the cycling type of a deal okay so once you beat a wave then you it throws up a map and you move to the next european city a lot of speech in the game it yells red alert red alert and as it goes into the initial game it, it kind of get <laughs> it sets I've never the, played it i bet it's so cool well unfortunately you can't yeah because it's wrapped up uh tighter than a mummy yeah you know out in the garage right now because i, I did put it up for sale and it, and it sold well good you know so good. that's good the cabinet was beautiful it is beautiful and it had 
what had to have been one of, if not the nicest Wells 4600 in it monitors in it that I have seen. Honestly, I think it was because of the day there was other better, more exciting, more interesting games to play. Uh And somehow it survived without being converted is what it was. And, you know, I had it outside on the driveway taking pictures of it and in direct sunlight, I could just, I mean like direct sunlight, I could just barely see barely a little burn in where it said score at mm-hmm. the top mm-hmm. because that was i guess a consistent image yeah i'm mean, just barely and i actually had to go look back at a picture of the game on that i had on my phone to even know what was up there to kind of make out what it said i mean it was beautiful yeah but again it was a game kind of like the mr do hard to find it's got its place for people that like super obscure games or maybe have a place in their heart for that game or are trying to complete their collection of the two GDI games, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Slither goes for some dumb money too. Slither, Slither does. You're exactly right. And I've, I've never played that game. I don't yeah, know if it's not, fun or if it's just because it's Slither. Yeah. Neither and, by, and, I've never, I played it in MAME. I've never played it dedicated. Though. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it, if it gets dumb money because it's, is it one of those games that is fun and rare, is rare and not fun, but for some reason has a following? I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, I, I don't know either. I mean, it, it's it's a it's a neat game. The premise is the premise is pretty neat. I, I mean, I said neat twice like in a row, sna- and I well, don't like that. I said try uh yeah. Uh. It, it it's a unique game. It's got it's got a good it's got a good basis under it. it, it and just a, it's just it's, is it a variant of the classic snake game where the tail grows and yeah okay yeah and and so I mean it's with, a good trackball with right? with that it's unique. Uh, that's just the mm-hmm. best way to say it. That, that's a way to describe Red Alert too. Yeah. None, nonetheless, like I said, I, I I didn't see it in my game room, and I was taking it to shows that. That was a game that I was like, no one's ever going to see this. And it just kind of worked out, honestly, where I was like, I've got other games to take to shows. Games that would probably be a little bit more recognizable and get some play. And games that would get play and as also kind of just as rare. And I just needed the space. So I had to make a hard decision on that one. And uh, I let it go. So, yeah. Been sold, but anyway, you know, I did have the opportunity to. I've moved on some miscellaneous boards, uh, some black and white monitor tubes, some larger color monitors and tubes. I don't do really hardly anything bigger than 19 inch, you know, the games I like. I've got a full selection of 25 inch tubes, I've got a couple 25 inch games. These were like 27, 29 inch tubes that in in monitors that I'd collected somewhere along the way and like might as well take it while I'm here type deal. Yeah. And they were just taking up space. I kept tripping over them. So they are gone. Oh, nice. I like I said, I've been cleaning out and I even found a home for, uh, I've mentioned in prior recent here episodes, prior recent episodes of going through my console stuff. And I had the two Coleco visions and I found a home for my second <laughs> Coleco vision. Oh, nice. and I, I'm not going to out the person, but I'm just going to say, yes, yes, you did need that Coleco vision. Well, I, I know the person who is not being outed <laughs> and I talked with him and he sounded like he was, he was really pleased with it. So that, well, I mean, I mean it's, I, all, it's great. I, 
I, of course he should be because it came from me. But the, when, when he shot me the PayPal, he just it just said for the ColecoVision I didn't need. Yeah. Now see, oh that's that's hilarious. Now see, one of the reasons why I will never own a ColecoVision OG is because of the wood grain. Now, you know, now I I make the exception for my beloved Atari because well. <clears throat> It's part, I mean, like it's, a, it's Atari. You're making the <laughs> argument right there that I'm making with, you know, the Century games back yeah, here in Frogger. Yeah, yeah. It's part of it. I, I, get, I, get, I, I get it. I, I get it. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm part, part of part of that's uh, showmanship a little bit, maybe. <laughs> no, no, never, never. Well, if there's anything I'm really upset about, it's that when we were having the main discussion earlier and I was crying and having an aneurysm, I didn't think of the Atari 2600 because yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would have so thrown that on you. Yeah. Well, and then I would have had to immediately eat those words. So mm. I'm, I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad I parked myself there before, before you did. So yeah, it worked out well, didn't it? Yep. <laughs> so th- let me give you a little uh, preview of what's going to come in a later segment. I want to uh, revisit soldering irons. I know we haven't done it in a while. And here, here's why. One of the other things I've been doing this month is I've been doing some pinball board repair for a very good buddy of mine. And he had a Data East game and he was going through capping the, the, power, uh, yeah, the power supply board. And he actually ended up having to put a header on the, on the DMD controller board. And I, 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 give him, I give him great credit because, and this is actually going to tie into some the, this come, the story that's coming up here. Mm-hmm. I give him credit because he was trying to do his own thing. He was trying to learn the skill. Yeah. He was trying to repair the boards. Oh, man. I, I will shop in the game. I will never begrudge anybody. No, for absolutely doing that. not. No. You just, you, all you do is you just try to help them out. Right. Yeah. And, and what he ended up doing was he went after it, unfortunately, with one of those automotive soldering guns. You know, the ones where you pull the trigger and it comes up to temp like in mm-hmm. about 15 seconds. Yeah. And it's what, 100 watt. And it's got that huge, ginormous, kind of curved tip on the end of it. I did it as a favor to help him out because he was learning and he was being very genuine about it. You know, he wasn't, that's all I, that he wasn't expecting anything from me is mm-hmm. what it came down to. And I wanted to encourage what he was doing. The only payment I really kind of did honestly ask for outside of parts was that he bring me that soldering gun so I could destroy it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's like, it's like your tools are going to kill you and me. Yeah. So we're, we're going to fix that. I, I took a, I took a solemn oath that it would never get near a pinball machine yeah. again though. Yeah. So, the, the, uh, so it's the hobby equivalent of the Hippocratic oath. Yes. Is what yes. You did. Yes. I mean, man, it smoked. <laughs> It smoked the pads. Oh. It blew through the, oh. the vias. Did it look like a butter? Was he trying to solder with a butter knife? Oh, yeah. It was, yeah, it was not. The poor, the poor guy. Yeah. It was not. He was trying. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was. <laughs> he handed it to me. and he, he was asking me about the header. And I just was like, just looking at it. And I was like, and I just said it like this. I said. I'm going to fix those caps for you too. He was like, Oh, are they that bad? I was like, yeah, they're not that good. <laughs> it, it, it was glad I pulled them off because it's got like four good size filter caps on. I can't remember the values. And two of them had gotten hot enough that I guess oh, they, they all had burped out. When I looked on the bottom of them, they all had residue on them where they burped out the electrolytic. It gotten so hot. It yeah. oozed out. Yeah. And I guess it deformed two of them internally bad enough where um, where the plates were touching because they were dead shorted. Yeah, yeah. 
So yes, we're going to go back over and uh, there's some updates actually, if, if you've heard this before, uh, but we're going to go touch on and go back over soldering irons for, for hobbyists here. So one thing, and I'll get into this in, in my section, but uh, we have we have covered this topic. I think this will be the third time now well, from I know, an update perspective, but where I'm going is okay. I'm going to get this information on the website and we're going to do an always up-to-date guide oh, that's on, cool. on soldering equipment. Okay. And then that way we'll have one URL that never changes and we can always update it as we go. And then we can just flip it out to people, you know, flip it out to people as they as need they it, as they ask be, oh, or that's need great. it and everything. Because I'm sitting here and I was looking at this and I'm like, you know, this is, this is some new info and it's good, but it's like, we need to take everything that we've collected on this topic over the years and get it compiled into one, you know, like one post that, that, that has it all right there. Mm -hmm. Corded, cordless, desoldering irons, pumps, oh, I you know, braid, er, you know, all that. I forgot. I, Cause Flux, I knew everything. I knew at one point in time we did soldering irons uh -huh. and we've done desoldering irons. And then, I think it was SFGE. I did a presentation on mm -hmm. soldering equipment and yep. soldering. Yep, yep. And I think we've talked about cordless. I'm just when you mentioned the number of times we've gone through it, I was trying to think. I was trying to recall all those. Yeah. But. Well, I mean, I mean, I'm saying it not to not to say that it doesn't need to be covered again, but to say we've got a lot of history with this topic. I, we need to get it collated. I, I need yeah. to get it collated. Is what I need to do. That's 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 under the. That, that's the context under which I, or the pretense under which I bring this up. So he, here's, here's where that gentleman ties into something else. And uh, it is not pinball or arcade related, but I'm going to make a point. So, so just, just follow me everybody. Okay. And it's, it's actually, I'm going to circle back to something I've already said. The alternator on my truck took a dump. If you have, gotten in a position to have a vehicle long enough to need a starter or an alternator and then subsequently maybe an additional one down the road what generally is the case is starters and alternators are very commodity type devices and once the factory one goes a lot of times it's a struggle to get one that'll work for a period of time when you get one that'll work for a period of time it will never be the period of time that the original one went, worked for Okay. This is the second alternator on the truck. I, when I had the truck, it had, the, when I got my truck, it had a, uh, and I've got a, a Ford F-350 diesel. When I got the truck, it had the factory alternator on it. And about nine years ago, it failed. So, and I'm basing that on, uh, I know that, I know that to be the case because there was a, uh, something happened in the family at about that time. And, the the day that this thing happened also happened to be the day as I was going to a family member's house to work to to be with everybody. It died on the road on the mm. way over. Yeah, yeah. So I was in my aunt's front yard with a, 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 a flashlight, putting an alternator on. So, and I, I bought a new alternator, and that alternator lasted about a week. Brand new third party alternator. Mm. I'd actually bought. So the core for anyone, it's like a battery. If you, if, when you buy those parts, they want the old one back because they'll rebuild it or they'll recycle it. Like in the case of a battery, there's a lot of value in it. So you have to pay a down payment, a core charge. And then when you return the old part, you get that charge back. I never take a part off. Here's a lesson for you, Whitney. Anything that's got a core charge, 
outside of a battery, batteries, I'll do this. Any other hard part that has a core charge, I do not take my old part back until I've got a good week, if not two weeks, on the replacement part. Yeah, that's good, good advice. And the reason being is, is I don't want to have taken my core back, then... I go and say I go with brand A at this auto parts store and they can't get me a suitable part. My fear is, is because I used to sell auto parts, I might get the house brand at some some store and now my core is gone and I'm locked to them mm-hmm. because the core charge on these parts is $50, $60, $80. Yeah, it's, it's the same reason why I never take my original part in no, yeah. to, to not pay the core. It's like I always I, pay the core. I always pay the core. And I hold on to it until uh-huh. I feel I'm super safe. Yeah. And so when I got this new alternator years ago, the core was five bucks. And I was like, I'm keeping this. And I'm going to go. There's a local alternator shop. I'm going to go get another Motocraft cased alternator because I bought an air quotes new third party alternator. So it was kind of a unique that it was all compatible, but it wasn't an OEM, you know, close enough, you know, but not so close they could get sued. So I went to this local shop. I bought another alternator, used my my original case as the core got a second because I was doing a lot of car shows at the time. And my thought was, I don't trust this. I want a one on the road. If I die, I can just swap it on it. Cause the alternator is really easy to change on those trucks. And I'm, I'm rolling. Yeah. I got a week or so into that new alternator dead, huh? dead, took it back, put on my spare driving it around. It died. Yeah. You know, and I, I could walk into this, this, the, the store where I bought the spare and speak to the guy that built it. it so it was a fluke. But the aftermarket parts are never as good. This story's getting way too long. <laughs> so I took it back. They were, they fixed it. They, they replaced my spare. I called a trusted shop I deal with. I asked them where they got their parts. I went there. I got a top tier rebuild. And that top tier rebuild lasted me the nine years. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Still not near the miles on it as the original. All right. Fast forward. Where's all this going, Brent? Shut up. Okay. <laughs> Alternator dies. The buddy of mine that had had the soldering iron mishap. <laughs> so this was before the mishap. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. He happens to ha- own and run a junkyard, a, a scrapyard for trucks and vans. Okay. Like, he, a, pull, like a pull apart place. Or well, what? I don't think he lets general public oh, in there. Okay, got but it. All right. Yeah. Uh, he, so he he said, "I got you." He knew I was kind of in a pinch. He brought me an alternator. Now, it was a used alternator. It was come off of a car, a truck, and a junkyard. Threw it on. Worked just fine. All right. I'm in business, and I got some breathing room because I figured I was going to be doing all this research. All right? I didn't want to have these same problems. So what did I do? I rebuilt my own alternator, Whitney. Oh, nice. Okay. I, I, I found a shop, and I'll put the link in the show notes. He sent me a full rebuild kit. He's it bearings, voltage regulator, the bridge, the the bridge diode, just like we deal with in arcade games and power supplies and pinball machines and all that stuff, all the parts. And I rebuilt my own alternator. So why is this important to everybody here? This, This is encouragement. Like my buddy that also figured into this story with the pinball machine. Don't be afraid to do things. Oh, yeah. We've said that forever on the show. Now, I know circumstances are different for different people. You may not have another vehicle. I happen to have another vehicle, so I wasn't out if my truck was down. 
and I didn't have the support of my friend that bought me the other alternator. Yeah. But we've got YouTube. The same gentleman I bought the alternator parts from, the site is very basic, you know, in all honesty. And it does it, it serves its purpose, it does its thing. He's got some videos that are very rudimentary, but if you look at the age of the videos, they're like six or seven years old. It's they're phenomenal for what you consider was out there to record videos at six or seven years ago. You could do 10 times as better with an iPhone that's two years old at this point, but still it's all out there. If you've got the ability to uh, take the time, if you know another vehicle and not just an alternator, the the moral of the story here is is, is like we always like to do. I'm encouraging people to think outside of the box and do things for themselves. I'll tell you this from a financial perspective, an average alternator rebuilt or new third party for my truck is over $200. This kit to my door was 60 bucks. Yeah. Okay. And it was everything. And it took me about, honestly, about 20 minutes to rebuild it. So now the one thing I needed, which will never come close, well, any closer to an arcade game than it is now is inside the door of the Tempest, Whitney, reach in the door of the Tempest. All right. So I've rebuilt okay. alternators in the past. And honestly, it wasn't. Have you, have you got a rebuild kit for my truck? Is that what it is? Uh, I, you know what, Whitney, it would be the same one as the one for my truck. See, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you could borrow this if you have to rebuild an alternator. So the, I've rebuilt GM alternators in the past. And the uh, uh, all the parts basically screw in, bolt in. On this Ford alternator, you actually have to solder the 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 bridge rectifier in. Okay, so I thought no big deal. I've got some decent soldering equipment. Well, this this is some this is some heavy gauge stuff. This is like a hundred and ten amp alternator. Okay, wow. and the windings are huge. Huge, Whitney. Huge. <laughs> yeah. So if you've ever tried to take your iron and solder, and this is one of the things that got my buddy. I, I get where you're going now. Yeah. This is one of the things that got my buddy on that Data East pinball board. When you solder on on a connection that's on the ground plane, it takes a bit because it sucks the heat out of that oh, iron yeah. Oh, it, because it's got so far to dissipate the heat. Exactly. You know? yeah, exactly. Well, if you take a ginormous winding, the, the stator in these alternators. <laughs> it'll, it'll never melt. Oh, well. It'll never melt. I, I thought, you know, I've got a decent iron. I brought it down to my bench. Uh-huh. Got it set on 700 degrees. Set the bridge on there. Pushed the wires into the little contact. And then went and made supper. I, no, I touched the iron to it, and I watched that the the display on my iron go. Yeah. I was like, "This thing is not going to work." Yeah, this isn't going to cut it. So the gentleman that sells these parts actually recommends at least a two hundred watt iron. Open that thing up, Whitney. Take a look at that sucker. Now this is interesting. Now, so it what, is like a club. So what? Yes, it is. So what was inside the 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 uh, coin door of the Tempest is it's called a TMC two hundred watt. <clears throat> The original, <laughs> solder, it, it's a soldering. It's a high wattage soldering iron. This is amazing. So this thing's got a wood handle. We'll, we'll get a picture of it, and it has got a tip on it that looks like um, 
I don't know what. I'll tell you what it looks like: a miniature version of a of an axe head. Yeah, it is, looks like a little hatchet. It, it looks it? like a little hatchet head, and um, and then of course it just you know, and it's, it's copper. A, the tip a, is copper. Yes, and it just plugs into a wall outlet, and you can tell all this thing does is make a fifteen amp circuit cry. Yeah, is what it, it does. does. Yes. So that actually came off eBay, and it was it was twenty six bucks. Awesome. So. I, I'm I'm actually I, prob- I probably ought to get one of these. I'm actually an additional twenty six dollars into this. Okay. So now when you watch his videos, he's got a much more production friendly soldering iron. Yeah. Uh, that, however, worked just fine. And honestly, if it wasn't for the skills I've learned doing what I've done here and understanding just like how to solder like to pinball coil lugs. Or larger wires as I'm joining them, making harnesses or whatever. Yeah. That helped me tremendously when it came to using that. That's neat. To solder my alternator together. Uh, I will I will keep that in mind. I'll, I'll take a picture of that. Not that not that we're going to everybody's going to go really what where are they taking this show yeah but but seriously i mean that that is that's cool i mean i never even knew that that was a thing actually and i've had i've had occasion over the years i've got an old school wooden handled ginormous soldering iron similar to that out in the building yeah so i had gone back out to get that yeah and i realized it was stamped on the side of it it's only 80 watt oh gotcha now i will tell you i'm not going to mention names but i swear i have seen people at shows capping monitor <laughs> chassis with something, something that looks like. just like this <laughs> and, I, and I, you just want to walk up to them and go bless your heart what are you doing <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> i mean because it, it's like they're I don't know. It's it's like I don't. They they hook up a a hair dryer to a butter knife and then try to solder and try <laughs> you know? to solder with it. You know, I, I don't know. I'll put links in the show notes to the page where I got the parts if anybody's interested. And that came from eBay. They do have a website, but they have all their products. That what was it? TMC or TCM? No, it's TMC. TMC. It's what it said. Yeah. But it doesn't look like you can purchase directly from the site. It looks like okay. they, they deal out of eBay. Uh, yeah. But fine. I'll put a link in the show notes to the site. If, if, if there's one listener out there that's so inclined, has the opportunity and, uh, you know, can deal without a vehicle down for a couple of days while yeah. they get parts. That's the way to do it. Maybe, yeah. maybe it'll help somebody out. Yeah, but the moral enough. of the story here is, like always, we want to encourage people to try to fix their own stuff and to learn. I've mentioned this video, and now that I think about it, I'll have to try to find it and put it in the show notes, too. Whitney, have you ever heard of Jerry Ellsworth? Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. She, she, she's, uh, known far, she's known far and wide. Yeah. She is like a self-taught electrical engineer and she has a very soft spot in her heart for the Commodore and she's done things that that become production uh, sold over the counter consumer level devices that are like Commodore on a chip because she knows the Commodore so well and then she designs everything around that Commodore platform because the Commodore platform was enough to run whatever the product was she has a video it's it's years old at this point because it was years ago when I saw it and she was doing something with a pinball coil and she she basically ran the duty cycle too long and burned the coil up and at first she was despondent because she burned up the pinball coil uh-huh. the moral of the story that she was telling us in the video is but I learned something and at the end of the day I just had to put in perspective that it was a twelve dollar pinball coil yeah but I learned a valuable lesson that will help me down the road. Yeah. So that that's 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 the moral. 
and that's kind of what I'm trying to do here with all these tangent stories. <laughs> so <laughs> well, welcome to the show. All right. So one other real quick thing I wanted to mention, a friend of the show, David Corrigan was in town and he was picking up a game, uh, a hydro thunder to go into his arcade pixel planet arcade. Uh, this sounds like a paid promotion, but I'm just doing it out of the kindness of my heart. And I don't know why, cause David is such a pain in my, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, David, he said that, not me. Da- David's awesome. Yeah, oh, yes. He's uh, awesome. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing this. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so there's going to be uh, a linked pair of Hydro Thunders there at Pixel Planet in Nolansville Town Center, uh, right, I guess, close to Nashville proper. I mean, we consider Dave in Nashville, but yeah, uh, technically yeah. Pixel Planet Arcade, uh, pixelplanetarcade.com is in Nolansville, so uh, check it out. And I, still want to visit for sure. Yeah, it, I've, I've looked at the uh, when I pulled the link again, Whitney. I looked. He's got some pictures of the arcade and the layout, and yeah, it's nice. Yeah. And the games yeah. are so sweet. Yeah. So yep. Check I, it I would, out. I would expect no less. It's probably the what's best it, way to say it. What's it say here? Uh, 50 classic and modern arcade games. Maxine agrees. If the show, if listeners show can hear her up there barking. Uh, pinball, skee-ball, air hockey. He's some redemption games in there. Uh, I know there's a lot of classic video as well. And he does a pay-to-play pay to all games are on free play and it's a, it's a, you know, pay at the door and then you play to your heart's content. Yeah, no, it, it looks good. I'm looking at some of the pictures. Yeah. We'll have a link in the show notes for sure. So yeah, it looks, it looks really good. All right. I'm going to add some links here. I'm going to find Jerry Ellsworth's video and the links to, for anyone that's interested to the, the soldering iron of death as well as, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, links to the, to the site where I bought my parts. Yeah. So Whitney, I have rambled on for quite some time. I said, uh, quite uh, a number of times. What, what have you had rolling this month? What, what have you gotten rid of? What have you cleaned up? Well, Brent, let me tell you. <laughs> so Brent, there's nothing really new in the game room per se this month, but I, I want to start out my updates by quote unquote, kind of paying it back a little bit. Okay. So Brent, I want you to, Uh-oh. yeah. Yeah. So I, I come, I come bearing gifts. All right. I'm all choked up with <laughs> be, be careful there. All right. I thought, well, whoo, I thought you were going to pay me back for the, all the grief I gave you on the, on, on the, the team molding, on the team molding in the wood grain. No, 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 no. We're, uh, everybody knows my position on that. So there, there, there's, there's no sense in digging any further into that. There's nothing really left to say. Uh, Brent, reach into the coin door on your back to the future. Wait a minute. How did you get in here? You don't need to know that. And Ziggy. You, which one I, are you, pen or teller? Yeah. Uh, I didn't, really? That's a good question. I've never really contemplated that to that degree. Okay. Are you getting it? Excellent. All right. All right. All right. Good deal. So, Brent, this would be considered. Wait a minute. Hold on. I'm yeah. listening to it. Is it ticking? No, it will not tick. No, it won't. I promise you okay. on that. Yeah. All right. This would be considered a a late Christmas present, okay? Even it I, feels kind of like a bag of marshmallows. <laughs> well, maybe it is. I'm not you saying you wrap gifts like I do. <laughs> Sorry, dude. And yeah, that, that meaning that being it's in a plastic bag. It's in a plastic bag that's tied that has a knot tied in it. Is what it is. Why? Why did you give me this? With the only thing I've got down here is a bottle of water, a couple mice for these laptops, and a banana. I have no way to get into. <laughs> here, do you need a box cutter? Or oh, I'll like, rip this. Oh, I can, just do that. I because, was, well, all right, fine. It, We're going to have to go in the sideways. Exi- go in the sideways. Right, we'll exactly. In the side door. Yeah. Now, ta- now, take a look there. Oh, wow. Now, 
Okay. Okay. Uh oh. Oh, that's okay. That's that, okay. Yeah, that's a stuff, small one. Good stuff coming out. Okay. Yeah. Yep. It's in bubble wrap here. Yep. Wait, hold on. Oh, oh yeah. that was that, that was you, a did, good you, did, one. you know you know what? I'm not gonna say that was so satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> but I really I, I really like that. <laughs> All right, Brent, so, number one. Now so, yeah, I, I'm just I'm just looking at it in in, in awe. We'll go ahead and this is amazing. Okay, you? so I'm gonna set the stage. That is from our dear friend of the show. Victor Marland and uh, Victor this is amazing. Victor made those. Okay. Or made that because I, I mean, I kind I got one for myself as well, <laughs> but Victor made, Victor made those by hand. Uh, he is a uh, controller, a custom controller manufacturer extraordinaire is what I, this, Victor is. This looks not, uh, this looks like, this looks like it was factory. Made. Yes. Yes. I mean, it, it does. is amazing. Yes. Yes, it does. Now I, I contacted Victor. Uh, he's he's going to do a couple of other uh, a couple of other little projects that I was able to to hop in on, and uh, this kind of this kind of came by you know, by the side, I guess. But he showed he, he showed me some pictures of some other controllers that he did, and uh, I saw this one kind of sitting off to the side. And one of the pictures, I said, Victor, what what about that? And he's like, <laughs> always look in the background of pictures. <laughs> that's exactly right. And, he, and he's like, oh, that's uh, that's a C sixty four theme one that I've done. And I'm like, dude perfect oh my gosh. and so uh so we we customized on it a little bit got the joystick and the buttons and the show logo colors and uh i think oh. i think everything else uh speaks for itself so the, it's uh to describe it yes it's probably six inches wide by about four inches deep and it's wedge shaped uh-huh and it's uh, in a gray, very reminiscent of like a Commodore. Yeah, I'd have to see one next to it. It's it probably not, so... it's not bread box color, yeah. but it's gray. It's like yeah. a mega gray color. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, and um, the thing that blows my mind is, that I guess the the is that an over the that overlay is an, that is an overlay, yes. and it's beautifully silk screened in this in this like Commodore rainbow kind of layout yeah with a commodore logo yeah and then i guess listen it's is this a sanwa stick in it, here yes it sure and is it's, I, i'm trying to get up L- the listen, microphone listen, listen listen to this oh that just oh, that, that makes me switch. happy oh yes yes and it i mean it this is going to sound odd but follow me here yep it feel you know like a nintendo controller you look at it and it just doesn't seem like it would be um, comfortable, comfortable, but yes. it is. Uh-huh. That's this uh-huh. because I can hold it like an. It's big. It's obviously bigger than a Nintendo controller. Yeah, but I can hold it and actuate the stick with my thumb if I chose. Yeah, and I've got access to both buttons. To both buttons, yes. Or I can set it down, and it's it's got that rake to it, like a wedge shape, and uh-huh. I can play it like I'm playing almost like an arcade game. I, with I, it on I know. The desk. It's fantastic. And you're right. At first, of course, I'm right. It, it, there you go. <laughs> At first glance, it wouldn't look it wouldn't look extremely comfortable. But then you but then you you, you palm it, so to speak, and yep. you use it, and it's like, oh, this is this is great. It's fantastic. So, and it looks like I mean, it's a nice cable, uh-huh. and it's not it's a new cable. It's not like a re because like I've built I've talked about a little on the show where I've built controllers out of like TV plug and play games and all yeah. that because the controls. 
in them are, are, are fair, you know, and the game isn't good. So you just repurpose it. Yeah. And I, I've cabbaged control or cables like out of uh, other, other devices. I mean, this is a nice new cable. Yeah. Victor, does, Victor does good work, doesn't he? <laughs> the, the hardware is sweet. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, I figured you would enjoy that, uh, especially since we were kind of talking about the Commodores and everything. And so this is two buttons and a Commodore is like an Atari. Mm-hmm. It, it has just one button. So is one of these up? It is. Okay. Because yeah. that's uh-huh. I, perfect. The, the, the other one's wired to up. Because on your platformers or other games, up is usually like a jump. A jump. And you, yes. now you can play it. Listen to me hitting it. Now uh-huh. you can play. Have you, well, you haven't probably yet. But no, no there, I haven't. There is a beautiful port of Super Mario Brothers on Commodore 64. Okay. Yes. No, I have not. I have not seen that. I will. Oh, now, yes. Now, the, the, the next go round oh. on those controllers okay. is uh, I'm going to do. Uh, going to set up something and get with Vic and see what we can do for like an Atari 8-bit computer, like an 800, you know, 800XL, something like that, because uh, that's uh, I want to get a couple of those going. So, Oh, so are you going to get into the Atari 8-bit computers? Uh, I, yeah, because I want to play the Activision titles. Okay, yeah, all right. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna sequester one of those as well and get one of those. See, now that's, too. I do not have any of the of the 8-bit computers outside of a 5200, which is what they well, what a 400 minus the keyboard yeah, i think pretty, is what they say pretty much yeah, yeah it's, that's how they call that yes now the other so real quick just to tie off on that victor okay. th- victor thank you so much you did a fantastic job and for anybody needing custom controllers uh victor victor of course is one of the co-hosts of the 10 pence uh arcade podcast uh just a, a fantastic show monthly uh, no it's not it's more it's more frequent than monthly I, I just see it pop up in my podcatcher so i don't really pay that attention to frequency it just it just pops up but he and sean holly do a fantastic show lots of humor lots of banter uh just, it sounds like just us. A, a great yeah great tone and then they have I mean, a game it's like of the us, month and it's like us but with a british accent i mean who could yes. ask for more who could ask for more that's exactly right and they they review a, a game every month and do a high score contest it's it's just a, a great fun show and uh yeah and victor hangs out in uh, several facebook groups like the the vectrix uh the vectrix uh, facebook group and and others where he takes he takes orders for the controllers and he's easy enough to find but yeah, yeah definitely I've, get in touch with i've him. got a victor actually i think if i recall correctly when he presented it to me his prototype yeah vectrex controller they're coming all right <laughs> yeah yeah Didn't say you know that. as my list of things that i have always wanted to do dwindles because i've gotten tired of the list and i'm doing them uh-huh. i.e getting rid of games cleaning stuff yeah. out yeah i'm starting to focus more on the stuff that that well this is stuff that i want to do but stuff yeah. that that isn't it's less work mm-hmm yeah, you know, I, I, I don't have to work at getting this going because I want to get it out of my garage and sell it. You yeah, know, yeah. I, I've just now that I've accepted and gone past it and how on that list for in the house things to actually just sit down and enjoy doing is to pull my Vectrex apart because yeah, it needs a cap and a cap kit and just go through it and spiff it up. Yeah. And then such a great platform. Put it up in a place of prominence next to my next to my commodore it's awesome it's awesome yeah yeah just a, a great great platform now that second item that was in the bag is for is for your vectrex I collection see this. yes and it is a smoked opaque vectrex just cartridge case uh-huh. but 
what gets me is what this is what I mean this this is beautiful yeah and <clears throat> pardon me my as I'm always complaining about some aspect of my voice my allergies are better than they were last show but Kentucky as much as I love it is still trying to kill me um <laughs> Was this made from the original mold? I don't know because that, that that's a that's a Sean Kelly cart, okay, reproduction cart. And I don't, I, I shame on me. I don't know the full backstory okay. on how he did those carts. I mean, this is, but it, it's it's injection molded. Yep. It's it's not three D printed or nope. anything like that. And in the back of it actually has. And I have to get one of the originals out to compare. General Consumer Electronics Incorporated, 1982, all rights reserved. It's yeah. got the copyright logo and yep. all that. Now, the intent is for you to use that for your cop cart. Yes. Okay. That That's the intent there. So got, got you got you more squared away than you were beforehand. How about Sweet. that? This is awesome. Yes. And the controller is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Thank well, you so very you're much. You're very welcome. Sorry it was late, but still, Merry Christmas. So... I, I had I had intent. I just didn't I just didn't have the stuff. That's all is, right. is how it goes. So uh, moving on, uh, Brenda, I've been working a bit in my building, uh, pulling games uh, that I'm going to. Wait, a minute, is this can I use this controller? Is it PAL standard? <laughs> <laughs> you actually made me think for one split second. So <laughs> I guess you know we're in TSC here. Yeah, in exa- exactly, exactly. <laughs> okay, yeah, right. yeah, you can, but but there's there's a ten kilohertz. Dis- okay, there, there's right. a ten kilohertz lag built in. Okay, I have, to de- I have to deal with that. You've got to deal right. with that. Got yeah. it. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, so like I say, ha- you know, haven't really done much in the game room, but the weather's turned, and so um, I guess it'd be a ten hertz lag built in, wouldn't it? So it's the difference between fifty hertz and sixty hertz. But uh, oh, did you say kilohertz? Yeah, I said yeah. kilohertz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hertz. it's yeah. ten hertz lag. Yeah, They're correcting myself on that. Self correction. Uh, so we don't need anything for the errata section. We we caught it as we go. <laughs> Um, but it, uh, anyway, so I've been up in my building pulling games for the that I'm going to have up for sale this spring and summer. Um, recent did actually uh, just go ahead and rip the cord off. I uh, did move one one game for sale uh, this week, so I was extremely happy about that. And I'm going to have some others. I, I was looking through. Uh, looking through my, I guess my inventory of games, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna have um, a uh, adventure line looping. That that's gonna go a uh, great game, but it's not one that would stay. It just stay down in the basement for any length of time. Um, I'm gonna have an Atari Arabian. I'm gonna have a Gorf, um, and and probably a few others as I go. I, I just I just need to run. Uh, I just need to run through. I, I guess what I've kind of had sitting in overflow for a while, and 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 just say, okay, that's not really ever gonna go downstairs in the basement, and I don't need it sitting out here. So uh, I probably have some parts games as well because it just you know. It, <laughs> Brenna, I'm in much the same scenario as I don't really want to spend a significant amount of time fixing games to sell per se. It, it's just <laughs> I, I get it. I, I, I'd I, rather I'd rather work on fixing the games that I want to keep rather than the games that I want to sell. And so I'll probably have some parts games up and and things like that too. But uh, but anyway, we'll we'll see we'll see where all that goes. But. Um, 
so so there's that. So and I, I've got some uh, some other games that I'm going to pull off to the side that uh, I know I'm working with uh, working with a, a good friend on on him probably taking two or three as well. So we'll we'll see where that goes. Uh, but I, I don't want to mention any more than that because he may not want want that information out either. So we'll just let that sit. Mm-hmm. Now, if you are listening to the show and can hear this show, okay, then that means that the new website, uh, the new brokentoken.com website is live and I did my job correctly and the RSS feeds redirect and everything is pulling the way that it should. Uh, I have, uh, Brent, I'll be quite honest with you. I, <laughs> uh, God love our website. It is ran and ran and ran <laughs> and ran. And then it ran some more, but it was highly, highly past due for an overhaul. And uh, over this past month, I have moved it to a new web host. Uh, and um, by the time the show goes live, it, it will be done and ready for the world. I've, I'm working on just a few more cosmetics. So I'm telling, I guess, quote unquote, a future truth. But I'm also saying it because the show won't get published until I get this done. <laughs> and so it will be on a the schedule. So on. the heat is on. So I'm putting it on myself. It, 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 and I'm far enough along that it, it gets done. So, so that, that's awesome. And it, it's, it, it's amazing it, it, that, um, that WordPress and that, that's the platform that, that I'm, that I've got the site running on. And I, I dearly love WordPress. It's amazing how far it has come along since I originally stubbed the site up and, and everything like that, just from a major feature version perspective. But, uh, you know, it, it's, it's I mean, nice. Was there an upgrade path or was it just like, I mean, <laughs> Oh no, it was, was it because it was so far it, out? It, it was so far out. I just, I had to do a lot of heavy lifting myself. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, cranking stuff out of the database and moving it and putting it back in and everything like that but but I, I've, I've got it all so it, it's good and um the what this is going to allow us to do is have a store slash cart system on the on the site now uh so you know welcome to 2021 we'll actually be able to have some swag up you know t-shirts or whatever to help support the show if you if you feel so inclined uh and it'll be nice because it'll be of a of an architecture that will make content publishing so much easier so much better and uh just uh, like i like i was saying earlier in your seg in your update segment brent we'll get some long outstanding content up on the site like and always up to date on soldering equipment and things like that it'll be so much easier to maintain so much easier to maintain and i am going to look for a an avenue i've not spent the time on this yet but Brent, I'm going to look for an avenue by which what we post to Facebook gets posted over to the site. Okay. So That'd that cool. so that over it's, time we do not have to rely upon Facebook mm-hmm. as the as the primary content distribution mechanism. Nothing against Facebook, but that does limit our audience. The website would never limit our audience. So anyway, so th- that's something that I'm going to be looking at over time as well, uh, which which I, I think will be nice. And it's not that it's not that I that I want to drive all that traffic off of Facebook it's that I would like for the site to be a uh, to be a better historical record of what we do rather than leaning on Facebook yeah I, and I was I was gonna say there, there's been times uh it, it, here's here's the perfect example yeah. I do this I use this all the time yeah somebody will ask about either how to rebuild a f- uh, my f- the fingerboard on my game is burned up. What do I yes, do with this? Yes. Or um, 
I've got battery corrosion on my pinball MPU. Yeah. Well, we've got galleries out on Facebook uh-huh. with a step by step how you address each of those issues. Yeah. But and, it's but it's Facebook. It's, it's Facebook. It's unbelievably difficult to find it uh-huh. even on our own page it's so hard to find and it, it has gotten more and more difficult to get pe- facebook to regurgitate a link to that gallery uh-huh. that's exactly. as time has gone Th- on. that's and used used to in years gone past you could get a link and even share that link off yep. of facebook and, and it worked like the rest of the internet would work but it doesn't seem to work no, that way it, any longer. Every time I go to do it, and I think the last the last time I did it was I think about three weeks ago. Uh-huh. And it it I I just had to kind of squirrel around with it to get it to where I could get just that gallery in a I had to put it in its own browser, yeah. however I did that. Yeah. Just to get a link. Yeah. To provide back to somebody else. Somebody else in a, in, a, in a repair thread. Yeah. And we're over time that that problem is going to be rectified because I'm I'm committed to doing it and th- this is just this is just going to make that that entire process so much better and because we'll be completely current and up to date on WordPress, uh, I'm I will not get into a situation where I've, I've created a bit of technical debt. And the reason and the reason that I did was number one because the site just ran and ran and ran. But number two, the theme that I was using. Uh, the the developer on the theme that I was using for the site stopped development and it locked me into a version of WordPress that I could not go forward. And so I, so I was stuck because of the way the, the site was themed. And theme development is a is an extremely tedious, tedious task. Okay, it <laughs> takes a lot of hours. It, it, and so what, what I'm doing with the new site is uh, I'm using a theme framework that that will not go out of support because the company that provides it is extremely well established in, in all of that. So so I, I guess what I'm what I'm really saying is is that by bringing it up to date, it will then be so much easier to keep it up to date going forward because I'm making different decisions than I made when the site when the site was originally stubbed up back so, in the day before uh, WordPress was a thing. Yeah, the, the, do you remember a content management system? Oh yeah, CMS. CMS. Called, well, yeah. no, the one I was thinking of was called Post Nuke. Post Nuke. Oh yes, yeah. because it came after .NET Nuke. Oh, do you remember? I, I, do you no, remember I don't DNN? Remember that one. No. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So post nuke and .dot net nuke, they were yes related. So, yes. So post nuke was like, I guess the WordPress of the day it was the real popular one, mm-hmm. and then it become like WordPerfect, and all this one, all all of a sudden, Maxine is very animated tonight. Oh, for she, those that, that, that can hear is. that, yeah, yep, she is. Um, for for those that remember, like, uh. Word perfect. It was the gold standard until just one day it wasn't. Yeah. It was, then it was Microsoft Word. Yeah. Yep. So that was kind of like post nuke. And then <laughs> there there was a few other CMS platforms that kind of hung around in the early days of of WordPress, but. Yeah. But dude, WordPress is, WordPress took off. WordPress, but in WordPress is such a fantastic platform. I did it so is. much of what you're talking about in the post nuke days, yeah. where I would actually get in and manipulate the code to uh-huh. make it do things that I wanted it to do. Yeah, and then you were kind of you were kind of stuck. Yeah, you, because you, you were left with your own creation. Yes, is what exactly. you were. Yeah, yeah I get well, it. Well, in in the theme that I the themed the theme that I used for the existing site. 
uh, it was a great theme for when it was current, and I and I heavily customized it. I mean, heavily customized it. But the the problem it wouldn't have been a problem if the individual had kept developing the theme. But the lesson that I learned, Brent, is that in the in the in the land of WordPress, you should not tie yourself to pieces and parts of WordPress add-ons or themes that are done by one person unless that person's got a really good history historical track oh, record. Yeah, that makes sense. And so I fell into that trap because the theme was really nice and I really, really loved it. But about a year to year and a half after after I put it into production on our site, the guy just split and dropped it. And then it's like, well, I can't even go forward with WordPress because if I do, it'll break the theme. And if I so it it was a it was a vicious circle, <laughs> but the site just ran and ran and ran. But internet standards, browser standards, and everything have completely moved past that, and uh, it's time the site grew. So it, it, I'm I'm looking forward to getting uh, to getting that that wrapped and kind of kind of behind us. Now, as far as some other stuff that that kind of went went on this this past month. Hey, hey and real quick before yeah. you jump into the next section, I yeah. do have an update oh. on that potato game. Oh yes. So real quick, so I don't forget, um, it is called Warp One. I've never you, heard of it. If you look it up on on Claw or arcade-museum.com, yeah. 1980, it just says genre shooter and Warp One description. This is the best description. Warp One was produced in Tato by Tato in 1980. <laughs> wow. And that's all that's all you yeah. got. Tato released 486, so it's just the boilerplate stuff. Yeah, yes. There's no details whatsoever. None at all. Well, this gentleman will be doing uh doing some really yep. good work by getting this information out into the public. So, so I, I awesome. can say his name's Taylor, and then I'm sure we'll hear from Taylor here. Uh he's promised me some pictures, and he yeah. actually just got his board today. Oh, Oh, good. Well, good. So, awesome. more to, more to come, but there's yeah. let's close the, close the circle on that. Okay, excellent. Well, th- from from the rest of my updates, Brent, um, I spent <laughs> probably too much time this this past month getting wrapped up um, in the hype, but it's the hype, but it's the hype that delivered. Okay, I, I want to say that I do want to say that because there was a lot of hype leading into this, and, and Brent I, and, and listeners, I will fully admit I had so much fun with this. I I, I haven't had this much fun around an Atari twenty six hundred game in oh easily 30, 30 plus years. Okay, because here here's what happened this past month: a new website went online called Audacity Games. Okay, and it's Audacity just like the uh, the open source uh, audio editor for Windows or Mac. Audacity, yeah, never heard of it. Yeah, AudacityGames.com. <laughs> what makes this so special is this is a brand new publish games publishing company started by or founded by David Crane, Gary Kitchen, and Dan Kitchen, all Activision alumni slash Activision founder. Okay, now what they are doing is they are starting with an with one single Atari 2600 release and others are going to follow and uh, they have they have dropped a few hints that if these Atari 2600 games sell well and audacity stays quote unquote in the black over the next 6 to 12 months then that will give them the market indicators that they're looking for to potentially start to release for other platforms NES and SNES being their next uh, their next uh, possible targets. Oh, so like 
ports or like no. new games? Brand on new games. So they're not going to write one game on 2600 and then port it over. Well, I don't know. Good question. Or maybe maybe up, they will. Upport it, maybe if that's a term. Yeah, you've got more. yeah, yeah kind of. Yes, yeah. upport it. That's a good way to say. I don't know. Good question. We'll have to see. But what they have done is. Um, well, you don't know the answer to that. So you didn't buy into this as deep as I thought. Oh, no. <laughs> well. No, I bought in way too deep. Okay, I I bought in so deep. I'm I'm actually don't even really want to tell how deep okay. I bought in. Okay, but but anyway, we're, we're we'll leave that for next month's show. Okay, so what they're doing besides the, besides these new games, okay, is they're also offering hardware based services as well. So they they have gone to the expense of creating brand new injection molded cartridge shells for the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, so that. When they sell a game, they don't have to repurpose existing combat and air sea battle and video Olympics cartridges that that nobody wants or has a thousand of. They they are producing their own brand new injection molded cartridges. They're also offering cartridge PCB services as well as EEPROM services, so they could help fledgling publishers game publishers or game authors get off the ground and get their new game out on the market as well. Now, a lot of people who follow the the Atari, uh, I guess the Atari ecosystem, specifically the 2600, 5200, 7800 may say, well, is this a, a competition to what Atari Age does? And it, it I would call it more, uh, maybe a better term would be friendly cooperation we hope we'll have to see yes there's definitely a bit of overlap from uh maybe from a game publishing and distribution perspective but we'll we'll just we'll just have to wait and see because atari age typically caters more to homebrew developers whereas audacity is uh, is essentially uh game development and game publishing uh via via this commercial channel okay by by uh david gary and, and dan so here's what they're doing over and above just offering new games for the 2600 they are they've done the the back end work to also offer now brent when's the when's the last time you heard of these features being available for an atari 2600 game first up high score leaderboard uh, online high score leaderboards number two online score tracking that is specific to your game number three so so with number two you don't have to keep a notebook anymore okay (laughs) you can you can use the in-game menu, bring up a QR code, snap a picture of the QR code with your phone, and it will immediately submit your score to their I online was leaderboard. Ask, how do you tie it to some on that? They, I see your they, point they, now. they have created a QR code generator for the Atari Twenty Six Hundred games, and <laughs> so they've coded you can, a game. Yes, yes, that is Activision Plus surely standards because of who they are. Of who they are, and there's also enough room in there. For a QR code well, generator. Yeah. Well, there, this, so this first game that they, and I'll, well, I, it's called Circus Convoy, and I'll get into the details on that. What they're doing is they're using a, a larger ROM, but they're not using any additional hardware. So they've got the program space to do things like a QR code generator and things like that with bank switching. And, and, yeah, so and I how, didn't know how we do that. I didn't know how big of a ROM you can get into with bank switching and, you know, like how many times could you start switching? Yeah. Um, I, I, but, don't, I don't know the question. I don't, I'm sorry. I don't know the answer to that. I guess in today's day and age, the, the ROMs are so much cheaper than they were back then yeah it, it's 
it's a gold mine. It's a gold mine. Of storage. Yeah, yeah because um, when when they did their first live stream of this game, uh, maybe two weeks or so ago, on the Zero Page Homebrew YouTube channel, uh, it was first on Twitch, and then it went over to YouTube. I'd watch it on YouTube. It's a much better experience. David Crane, Gary Kitchen, and Dan Kitchen were on talking about Audacity, talking about the game development, talking about the game itself. And David Crane made the statement uh, or made the remark that it's like we couldn't get a 4K or 8K ROM, EEPROM right now, even if we wanted to. The smallest that we can buy is 128K. Mm-hmm. So Circus Convoy is 128K game, and we we took advantage of all 128K. Now, the, 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 the very unique thing about what Audacity is doing is they also have this concept of verified ownership. So when you buy a game from them, they issue you a serial number for that game, and that game belongs to you and is immutable, okay? So you can go up on their website... And if you want to sell that game to somebody else, you can then generate a, a, a link and a code that you can then give to the person that's going to buy your game. And then they can go up on Audacity, use that redemption code and URL, and then transfer that serial number into their ownership. And what they're doing is they're making sure that if you spend the money on the VIP package or the collector's edition package or even just the regular the standard edition that every game is track is is tracked or traced back to one individual and it also retains the value for the game and it retains the history the player history for the game as well so is is each it's 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 brilliant so when you wait hold on so each of these i'm assuming none of these are going to be available as download these are all hardware. So, well, now, if you buy the collector's edition or you bought the VIP edition, they do offer a ROM for download, but the ROM has got its own serial number with uh, so it as I was well. Ask. The ROM is trackable just like the game is trackable. And, and I, I want to say that, uh, I mean, I've heard so, of this so done it, with it, classic it, stuff before yeah. where you know someone will have written the game and then they'll write a little script and uh, uh, they so say they got an order of ten, yeah. And the next serial number is forty-seven through fifty-seven, yeah. Well, they'll run their script against their base, their base ROM, and it'll put your serial number and your name in it, yeah. Yep. And then ship it to, and you. then ship it, yeah. yeah. Okay. And I'm sure that I'm sure they're, they're doing, doing something. Sim- they're somewhere. doing something very similar because it is David Crane, Gary Kitchen, and Dan Kitchen doing the production on yeah, all okay. of this as well. So these these guys, they're they're getting their hands dirty for the supply chain side of it, as well as the publishing side. So their first game is called Circus Convoy, developed by David Crane, graphics by Gary Kitchen, three different editions, standard collectors and VIP. You can see all the details on that if you go to the audacitygames.com site. We'll have links in the show notes. Um, it did go on sale Sunday, March the 14th. They had a couple uh, They had a couple hiccups on on site scaling and everything like that. I think the I think the inrush of people that were interested in this uh, kind of over overpowered their their initial web server. So they they actually had to delay a day and uh, and do the the sales launch uh, on the 14th. It was originally supposed to be on the Saturday the 13th, but it was on Sunday the 14th. But ultimately, uh, just a fantastic fantastic response. Now the second game that they are going to be releasing is called Casey's Gold, and that is a game developed by Dan Kitchen, and that is going to be the, uh, I guess, what we would consider the spiritual successor or the the un the unauthorized sequel. Well, I don't want to say unauthorized, <laughs> but but it, it's it's going to be the um, the 
current sequel to Keystone Capers, okay, which was uh, developed by Dan's brother, Gary, uh, and that was released under the Activision, uh, the Activision label, as everybody, uh, everybody should know or everybody knows. But Casey's Gold was, uh, again, that this title that was in development by Dan for months and months and months, and uh, it was it was previously called Gold Rush, and that's uh, that's the I guess what was going to be the uh, the, the working title there, but uh, as Dan and and uh, David Crane and Gary tell it. Uh, when they, when David and Gary pulled Dan in, they saw how much work Dan had been doing and then how much work David and Gary had been doing and how much overlap there was in duplication. They're like, Dan, you should just go ahead and bring your game over and publish it under Audacity, and that's what's going to happen. And then, so now Casey's Gold is going to be released in the middle of June. Okay. So I say all of this because number one, I love, love, love the Atari 2600 and Activision. And I, I just, uh, th- this, this whole scenario with audacity, just, uh, I, it, it was just a bright spot in, in months for me. I, I, I was so overjoyed with it, with this whole situation. So I, once I have my games, <laughs> in hand i will talk about them next i month, have serial okay? numbers one <laughs> and serial numbers one yeah there you go there you go now i wonder if they got the same individual that did or that did the activision art because this i mean there's oh, it's co- reminiscent isn't there's it? copying the style and then there is i, I that's my style <laughs> that's I my style it. yeah and exactly this, i mean i i don't have an eye for art uh-huh. but this looks like I mean, especially Casey's gold, this looks like that's my style. Like yeah, they got, yeah. they've got one of the original art Activision artists. Oh, it, it looks this. really close, yeah. doesn't it? But, but I, well, I didn't say this and I do want to, I do want to state this in, uh, just so, so that I, I'm, I'm complete about this or, or I'm at least giving as much information as I can here within the time. Th- these are boxed games, full instruction manuals, full, you know, full, you know, full cartridge, full ROM download, full box. I mean, every, it, it, this is the brand new game experience. So for I mean, the you've, Atari already you've already bought Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. The only one I can see, like I'm looking at their site, Circus Convoy was unless unless you got oh, in on something. No, no, no. I, I've not bought Casey's Gold because it doesn't go on sale until the middle of June. Okay. The only one, the only game that's on sale right now is Circus Con is uh, Circus Convoy. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's yeah. the one where the buy button is active. That's yeah. that's exactly right. That's exactly right. So uh, I'm I'm going to go ahead and, and say this straight up front. I'll be at the forefront of audacity games news for the show going forward because (laughs) i'm just audacity rep (laughs) yeah because i'm just gonna say it right now i love these guys all right and i i just i just do i love activision i i just i just i've asked i've asked you two questions over the past couple shows about uh classic home computers and both of them uh were answered with because i want to play the activision catalog and that's exactly right and that's that is my sole driver because i want to play the activision live on those systems. That's what I want to do. That's what I'm going to do. Now, uh, real quick, um, and then we'll get into, uh, we've got uh, one item in uh, ye old mailbag, and then uh, then, then we'll get into the, the, the Tech Talk segment here. But uh, just a couple things that I want to note. Um, Brent, I picked up 
a CR10S new in the box. So you've got a printer month. like my printer. I now have a printer like your but printer. But you've got a newer version because mine at this point is, well, it's a year and a half, two years old. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But same model, but much, I'm, I'm going to assume newer unless it was I, just. I, my yeah. bet, you have to take a, put eyes on mine. My bet is, is the only thing different is the motherboard. Because yeah, it's, it's so. got the, st- the your CR10S has a, a standalone or separate control box. Off to it's the not side. in the base. Off to and the all. side, yeah. Yeah, I bet it's just, I bet it's the same basic printer, but with a newer motherboard. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Well, the reason I bought this was, number one, um, Grace and I are going to assemble this one together, and uh, we're going to do some larger format prints that she wants to do for some cosplay props. And nothing against my Ender 3 Pro, but Brent, the build volume on the Ender 3 Pro is, I mean, it's great for everything I've been doing with it, but large format cosplay items, yep. not that's not going to, the Ender 3 Pro is not going to cut it, uh, unless I were to mod the Ender 3 and then do like an extender kit and all that, but I, that's, no, I need the Ender 3 up and running and doing what it's doing. Second printer, I'm, I'm totally for, so it, it's all good. So, Grace plays a lot of Genshin Impact, and I don't I don't know if you've I, heard of that. No, or not. I, I've only heard of one of those words, and that word was Impact. Yeah, yeah. So it's, I don't it's, know what Genshin. It, it's a it's a PC game, but it's it's done in much the same style as uh, the uh, Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. And so she has played through Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, and she's she's so looking forward to Breath of the Wild two that uh, she's using Genshin Impact, I think, is is a bit of a filler. But it, but anyway, um, so she's been playing Genshin Impact, and she wants to start on building out a costume and some props, some cosplay props, for Brent whenever we can go back to a show. Yeah. And that, that's what she's wanting to do. So we have got a model for a sword in that game, and Brent, my, the, the little bitty bed on the Ender 3 is <laughs> not going to do that, okay? Print it in 67 pieces in and glue 67 it together. 67 pieces and yep. glue it together. Or on the CR-10S, we can probably do it in uh, six, you know, yeah. something like that. So that's where we're going. That's where we're going to go with that. And a lot of people may ask, you know, it's like, well, if you went with the CR10S you know, or CR10S Pro, whatever, why didn't you do like an Ender Five, same build volume? And I get that, but and I understand it. But the Ender Five is a big beast, and it, it's a cube, okay, and it demands a whole lot more room on a on a sh- on a on a table or, or whatever than the CR-10S will. And, you know, I may go up to an Ender 5 at some point, but the CR-10S, it, it ticked all the boxes. I got a good deal on it, and the build volume is exactly what I was after. And the reason why I really kind of gravitated toward Brent is because it's it's essentially just a bigger Ender 3 Pro, mm-hmm. and everything that I know, I can map right over onto that CR-10S and go. So. Well, so the upside of this is what I'm looking at here in the show notes in, in that you... Uh, not, not that you wouldn't have done it because I asked for the help, but you also had additional incentive to put together the massive mod list Yes, <laughs> for that printer, Yes, and which is exactly what I need. Yes, exactly. So add to cart, <laughs> add to <laughs> cart. So what, so what I've got in the show notes and here in our show notes that we, that we use for recording the show, but we'll be over on the website and man, this is, this is going to take me a little bit of work to get this done, but I, I'm going to do it. What I have done is I've assembled 24 of my <clears throat> air quotes here must have. <laughs> 
make mods for a Creality 3D printer, okay? And the the nice thing about all of these mods that I have that I have listed in this 24 must have list, every single one of these mods I have I I have my hands on and have experience with every single one of these, okay? So I'm not I don't have this. I don't have this list built built out based upon what other people have posted on YouTube or what I found on other sites. No, everything that's in this list is is a mod that Whitney has done to his printer, or I have bought for the CR10s now um, in anticipation of doing it on that printer. And these are things that I can personally one hundred and ten percent vouch for being sweet. <laughs> All right. That's how that goes. Are you going to go through these? No. Okay. Because I've got a couple of questions that I just, I'm going to go ahead and take listener time with. Okay. So here's the thing. Because I'm scanning. Okay. Here's the thing. There's 24 items in this list. Okay. It would be another hour and a half to go through this list and me do a, a diatribe on each one of these. Okay. What I will summarize by saying is that this list includes... Um, all of the necessary add-on hardware, like T-nuts, wing nuts, uh, M, like metric well, nuts. And all I was going to ask yeah. why you had, I see two sets, two different sets of the, in the, uh, of, uh, of the hardware in here, the T-nut set. And for, for those that haven't seen, well, a lot of 3D printers are made like this. Oh, yeah. The, the main rails are made out of like an aluminum extrusion. Extrusion, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not a T-nut like we know is a T-nut like in a pinball. Oh, no. Or no, no, no. Um, under in the bottom of, a, of an arcade game that yeah. uh, you're uh, uh, not your casters. You're, no, it's, it's your, your leg, le- going leg to. levelers going to. No, this is a T-nut by name only. They're, yeah. they're, 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 they're similar by name only. And... and it, but these slide into the inside of these extruded rails and, and they're a nut and yeah. they'll go in and they won't spin. They don't can, spin. That's so right. Why, why are you buying an assortment of T nuts? Is that for other mods? So you've just it's got for, a selection. It's for, it's for other mods. And, because and they're not very expensive. W- they're not very expensive. And what you find, what, what I have found myself needing is that as you mod the printer yep. and grow the printer, you need like this mod calls for seven T nuts. And it's yeah. like, well, the printer didn't ship with seven extra T nuts. So and, and you got to have them. So one of the mods that you've got in here is a, uh, uh, let me get the right name here. Support rod set. So uh-huh. the, the CR 10 has uh, a square base made out of those extruded, that extruded rod, uh-huh. aluminum rod. Yep. And then it has the gantry that is 90 degrees from that made out of the same thing. Yep. And um, they are secured basically at the, at the junction where the, they meet at that 90 degree angle. So the, this support rod set basically triangulates that and to tighten it up. Oh, and it tightens it up so much. Well, I made it's my own. crazy. For mine. Okay. I printed the, the, the mounts that go at the top and the bottom. Yeah. And then I used a piece of threaded rod Perfect. and nuts. So I made my own. Oh, yeah. But it was the same deal. I needed 67 T-nuts. So <laughs> yeah. I had to go order those. That's exactly a, right. So I, okay, so, I see your point. So, yeah. I, so I'm going to save you that problem. Yeah. You go on Amazon, you get this, and you got T-nuts. Nuts for days is what you oh, is yeah. what you've got. So, well, and, and, and the thing is, you need different size T nuts for different yeah. things. So, wh- and you're replacing 
the steppers as well? The no, step- no, no. These are spares. No, no. Oh, no. So, okay. so a lot so, of okay. so a lot of what's in this list are spare parts, not quote unquote upgrades. Got so, you. Some okay. are upgrades. Some are spare parts. But I have uh, in due course, I have already messed up one stepper motor. Okay, and your printer is useless without a stepper yeah, you motor. You have to have that. You've got to yeah. have it. And the extruder stepper motor versus the drive stepper motor motors it's two different it's two different stepper motors so a lot of a lot of the parts on the creality 3d printers are swappable interchangeable but these two these two stepper motors are not mm-hmm. so you have to have spares of both okay, okay. so it, like i say as i go through it um some are mods some are add-ons and then some are just quote-unquote spare parts that are that your printer goes down hard if you do not have one of these on hand so i see okay. you've got some uh some heater cartridges in there to heat oh, the high yeah, end. now these yeah. work with the micro swiss high they, end they do you, okay they do yes they do i, I mean it, i, I should have known better because i oh, know yeah. who i'm talking to no, no, well you know Jeez, I mean, well trust me this has been uh, 10 months of blood, sweat, and tears. I, yeah. and, and, and honestly, out of that 10 months, it's probably been about three and a half months of tripping over myself. One it, thing I found dude, when I was messing with them is... Dude, this, it's taken a long time to get to this list. Oh, I, yeah. I, I know. Because yeah. when I was looking at like changing the hot end on mine, yeah. um, I, I don't even... because And I'm going to get it all wrong here, but I didn't even know what revision mine was because at that time there, a lot of these pieces are industry standard and uh, a lot of them are made by like, like micro Swiss, they make their thing. Oh yeah. But there's also just as there's many more knockoffs right behind it. And part of the, part of the, the mystery, mystical science here was just decoding what you needed i know and and that's and and it's so frustrating it really is and the reason why i stuck with creality instead of going like prusa or going somebody somewhere else or doing like a like a creality knockoff and trust me there's plenty of creality knockoff printers out there too is i just stuck with creality because I've cut my teeth on it. I compl- I, I understand them extremely well at this point. I, I, I now know how to manage the firmware on them. I, I know how to troubleshoot them now. I can work with them. And there just was no selling point for me buying anything other than Creality because I've <laughs> I've built up enough parts that I can service another Creality printer. Yep. So I'm just going to stick with it. So like I say, uh, or, or st- stick with them from a manufacturing standpoint. So like I said, and, and that's not to say that other printers are not good. I'm not saying that at all. It's just that I've just gotten to the point where I'm comfortable with Creality and I, I've already suffered the learning curve. I don't really want to invest in the learning curve on yet another manufacturer just to sit it right next to Creality. Yeah. Yeah. No, that so makes that makes perfect just, sense. Just going just gonna to stick with it and run with it. But anyway, so we will make sure that that's up on the website as part of the show notes. I will probably do a separate post and we'll do like an we'll do this as like an always up to date mod list for Creality printers or something like that. But yeah, like the... Um, the nozzle cleaners, the hardened nozzles. I mean, Brent, I went through so many nozzles getting to the right nozzle for the micro Swiss. And now, I, I mean, Brent, now I, you know, I've got Octoprint set up. I've got it on my phone. Dude, when I print, when I initiate a print from my phone, I have zero qualms 
in in a hundred percent confidence that that printer is just going to knock it out like assembly line. Oh, I, cool. I have got it to that point that the printer is so reliable now. It's so reliable and. I, honestly, dude, I don't want to do that on a person. You know, <laughs> you, don't wanna, like, you don't want to reinvent. That I don't want to reinvent yeah. that wheel. I don't. Now, I can take the wheel that I have invented and put that over on my CR10S. Okay, and we can help each other, and we'll be talking the same language, and you know, blah blah blah. It all, it goes on and on and on. And Grace really has taken an interest in this, and she's like, "No, Daddy, I want to print this stuff." And so we're we're, we're going to go. So it, it's going to be neat. But anyway, the three D mod list is uh, is there. So I we'll, we'll, well have that up I'm, on the website. I'll have a couple questions I'll ask you about off uh, offline, yeah. and then I'll probably. Well, do because that's one of the things I do want to do is get mine going again. Yeah, yeah. Well, do that, and then let's talk it out here on the show, rather than me just doing a, a just you know like just draining this entire list. For, oh yeah, for yeah. everybody to just tune out on, you know. So we, so we'll pick it up as as it's relevant. But once we have it up on the website, then we can refer to it, and then people can ask questions on it, and we can just we can just go back and forth. So anyway. So real quick, before we get into the tech segment here, Brent, I know you're you're going to revisit some soldering irons uh, information here. I do want to um, dig into the mailbag, and we did have some feedback from a friend of the show, Joe Zinkus, and and I'm gonna and I'm gonna do this Casey Kasem style, okay? <laughs> and Joe writes, and Joe writes. <laughs> so 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 here's what Joe had to say: Little Blue Coop, wow. <laughs> I had to look that one up. Don't really remember that one. So that's a reference to the cartoon. Yes. That uh, and I can't even remember how I got off on that tangent. Oh my goodness! I I don't I don't know, but I I, I need to go back and pull this up. L- friend of the show Jeff Waldron messaged me on Facebook, and he and he I'm paraphrasing Jeff, so I apologize. But he and I had a conversation, and it ended it ended with. If I never watch that again, I'm happy. But I but I'm glad that I watched it one time. But boy, wasn't that depressing. <laughs> oh, I told you at the end, it's got a. It does. Yeah, it does. It, it is. It, but it, but I'm gonna tell you that that short that short animated film took you 360 it degrees. Did. It was, and a, I never expected that. Yeah. I'm it, sitting there watching it. Oh, so you watched it oh, too? Yeah, yeah. I'm sitting there watching it, going, I can't believe that this they did this in when it it was crazy so the the short of that if you haven't (laughs) we discussed it on um (laughs) on the last show and somehow i got off on topics and i was uh, uh this topic of an old cartoon and it was i'm looking at the last show notes and was it called Susie the little yeah or did i i, I, I think I, that i think that's what it was Susie was i think it was little blue coop but Susie was Susie the name was the of the character of the, of the character yeah. of the car and it yeah. just fo- it follows the life <laughs> of of a car and it and we 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 even googled and i've already forgotten it what the what the term is when you apply human oh, characteristics oh here it is so uh so a listener over and i, I need to pull this up okay so i want to make sure so listener friend of the show and listener phil burton over in the uk messaged me and he said anthropomorphic anthropomorpho <laughs> anthropomorpho 
<laughs> anthropomorphism. Something. Okay. Bad. Hold on, hold on. Almost I, came I'm sorry. Out. I'm sorry. I had to look at that and like focus on that word because it's a very long word. Anthropomorphism. Okay. He says was the word you couldn't remember. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And I was like, what's the word we can't pronounce? And it's like, and that's also the word that I had to look at three times to say it. But Phil, thank you, because it's also the word that we couldn't pronounce, but we did get it out. Anthropomorphism. Was that in 96 or 97? I don't know. That might have been in 96, because I'm scanning the 97 show notes. Yeah. Um, but, but, but yeah, so, but friend of the show, listener, Phil Burton, uh, he, he, he caught, he caught us. He gave us the rescue on that, the lifeline. So Phil, thank you so much. So, I, so I'll try to find the link again since we brought it up and put it in the show notes. And you're right, Whitney. I, well, I remember, it was in last month's show notes. Was it so, last, yeah, why yeah, can I, I put not it find in there? It. Um, it, it does take you on a little bit of an emotional roller coaster, and you go through the the, the life of this vehicle. Um, yeah, when it when it was bought and <laughs> it sold and let, abandoned, abandoned I mean, everything. And, yeah, um, it was it was. Nice. I don't know. Maybe that maybe that was why it stuck with me from when I was young because yeah. it's. I mean, it really kind of makes you. Oh, it, it makes you think. Yeah, yeah, it and makes it, you think. the The same story is basically uh, the little toaster or something. I mentioned that well, too on the last show. You did, and, and Joe and Joe continues. Oh, does he? Okay. And, and Joe continues <laughs> and to write. Joe continues. Yeah. He goes. I have the same heart for non-human personification. Uh, must also be because of watching Little Toaster as a kid, plus uh-huh. plus One Cab's family by Tex Avery. So, so there you go, Brent. He, now that he, one, he gave, I don't know. What is that? I, I, he, now he has the YouTube link. I have not watched it yet, but we'll make sure that it gets in the show note. And Joe goes on to say, he said, also the scene in short circuit two gets me every time I can totally understand that. Um, and then he says, uh, on the subject of eighties neon phones, he says, always wanted one of those as a kid. I think the Guns N' Roses music video, Knocking on Heaven's Door, features one. Uh, YouTube doesn't have a copy or I'd link it. Of course, uh, these days, nobody has a landline anymore. I wonder if there's a cell phone case with EL wire. You know what? I bet there is, but you couldn't stand to listen to it (laughs) because because the the, the hum and the whine of the EL wire would just completely, it would look cool, but it would just, it would completely drive you crazy. So here's a funny loop. Yeah. So I, a couple of days ago, asked you to text me a picture that you had taken of my cabinet yes. that I had discussed yeah. on the last show that yep. I put the LEDs in. Yep. Well, I was uh, hanging out at my sister's a few days ago, my niece and my nephew. Uh, Emma is a child of, I, I want to say the wrong generation, but... It's usually you'd say, well, they're, that that a person's a child of the '60s. You know, their soul is of the '60s, or they'll someone will pick a decade. Emma's just at home in the in the '40s, as she is the '80s. Oh, that's cool. So she's an old soul. Yes, yes. Uh, but she does favor the '80s, yeah. and she has been looking for old phones, uh-huh. just as decorative pieces. And she wants a rotary phone. Yeah. And she was going through some. Uh, uh, there's this thing called Depop. Have you heard of Depop? Never heard of it. Well, no. I hadn't either. Okay. And apparently, it's kind of like a it's kind of like an eBay type thing where you can put up for auction or direct buy. Uh, it, it focuses on clothes, but there's other stuff on there. Okay. 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 And she was showing me these phones and sure enough, guess what she shows me? The same phone you've got in your the case. The exact same yeah. Mickey Mouse phone that I have right there in that case. Yeah. Got it. So that's why I had you send me that. Uh, cause she was just like, th- 
she'd found uh do you remember the old circle phones do you remember them they oh, were like yeah. a circle oh yeah and yeah. they split in and they, half. they split in half and it, you like the the top half of the circle was was the handset the, the, the handset the bottom half was the the dial yep. the rotary dialer yeah she found one that was like that same style but it was heart shaped oh nice and she was going through all these phones and i was so i got to be cool uncle brent again and said well let me show you something yeah no that's neat yeah no that that's awesome well and, and she did show me a neon phone Oh, because Brittany, the classic neon phone that you see, that's just like a, uh, you know, a flat kind of sort, sort of rounded handset. And yeah. you can, my sister had one of those. Oh, that, that, yeah. that is cool. That, that is cool. Yeah. I just hopped on eBay and, and it looks like the, the, the Mickey Mouse rotary phones span a price range of $75 to $775 now, the, depending upon vintage. What about the push button? Cause that one's a push button. Uh, I don't know. I have to look, I'll, I'll look it up. Um, real quick, ra- wrapping up so here can, with Joe. Okay, yeah, go ahead. So he makes a note about the rotten dog, Brent, about, oh. about your, your conversation on the rotten dog. So My tirade. Yeah, so so here's what Joe has to say. Rotten dog. He goes, I always worry about this. He goes, <laughs> he goes I know I bought one at one point, and it had issues. So I sold it for half cost to a local arcade who mailed it back to Rotten Dog, and they fixed it for free. He's, he goes, for as far as I know, it hasn't had any issues since, but they definitely are known for having issues. I once replaced a stock board in a Black Knight with a Kohot board. I, th- I hope I'm saying that right, because of the weak 40-pin interface between the stock control board and the driver board. When my pinball started having issues, the tech didn't know how to diagnose the aftermarket board, even though I had printed schematics because they're, they're knowledgeable. Their knowledge is based on the stock uh, board. He goes, fortunately, the issue wasn't with the board, but this is always the first thing someone thinks. Kohad also sort of went out of business a couple of years ago, or at least they, they said they weren't going to produce anymore because it wasn't profitable. However... As of last May, I've never mean, heard of them. Neither have I. As of last May, being May 2020, they have reopened doors, or I'm sorry, they have reopened orders. Uh, they they make lots of aftermarket boards. They use thicker boards and improve on components. Uh, and he gives a link of pinballpcb.com slash products. Um, and and then Joe goes on to say, P.S. I know you said you're revamping the website, but it comes up as unsafe every single time. I've had issues manually downloading the MP3. Sorry, sorry, Joe. <laughs> we're 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 gonna have that solved. So yes, certainly know about that. So and, this uh, site yeah. looks familiar to me. Okay, like I have been on here poking around before. Yeah, but I I I don't recognize it by that name. And guess what? Pinball PCB also comes up as unsecured. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so well, the issue with the issue with our site is uh, it's just because the the virtual machine it's running on is is too old. Uh, it's nothing actually to do with WordPress. It's actually to do with uh, just um, time. Time moves on. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's the best way to say it. So I did look up my phone on eBay, and I didn't have to go sold. There's several in here with um, pretty nice examples that are around 50 bucks. Okay. You know, buy it now. Yeah, or not bad. That's what the starting bid is around in there. Yeah. You know, 55 or best offer. And, you know, the the nicer ones are pushing 60 or 70. Yeah, yeah, not, but, not bad. But, you know, at the end of the day, though, I mean, it doesn't, that, like I said, my mom worked for AT&T. I mean, we used to go into the AT&T store and I remember seeing that phone on the big wall of custom well not custom the big wall of non-standard phones yeah. it wasn't just your and 
It was prominent, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was, it was, I mean, what I say it was dated like 1978? 76, 76, 77, 78 is what what the eBay listings say. I think that one was dated like 1978. I'd have to look back. I can't remember. But nonetheless, I mean, it was, it was a big deal back then. And uh, um, I always took great care of it, you know, uh, because because of my mom. Oh, I, I so, understand. Yeah. I understand. I completely understand. Well, the good the good thing is is that you can you can get Emma one of those and kind of pass on the love. You know? I can. Yeah, I can yeah. do that. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Well, Brent, that's uh, that's pretty much my month in a nutshell. Plus a yield mailbag. Uh, <laughs> why don't we take a, a quick break and then come back? And uh, I know you've got some some update information around soldering equipment. And then we've got a few. Uh, a few spend Brent's money uh, segments here, and then we'll uh, we'll go ahead and close out the show and uh, call this one a wrap. Whitney, I know we've touched on this subject several times over the years, and it's worth a revisit, especially given like my recent experience. Yeah, uh, talked about in the top of the show with a with a buddy of mine who, how should I say it, smoked. Yeah. A board. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it was repairable. It yeah. Was, it t- I, I, I get it. It was repairable with a few tricks and some jumpers and, you know. <laughs> yeah, but that's time maybe you an just. exorcism. But yeah, but I, that's just time you shouldn't have had to spend. Yeah. You know? and in fairness, he even offered to go buy a replacement board. Oh. And so that circles us all the way back to the rotten dog conversation. Yeah, it doesn't. It <laughs> so though? I was like, no, yeah. I will fix it. Yes. Don't worry about it. Yeah. So <laughs> have soldering iron, have multimeter. We can fix this. What he'd actually gone after it with, and, and I mentioned this before was like your classic automotive style soldering gun. Yeah. And those yeah. things are like, they're just, well, they're a hundred, 120, 140 watts, something like that. Just and burn the daylights out yeah. of it. Yeah. And you have no temperature control. You squeeze the trigger and it heats up and it does it relatively quickly. And it can sink a lot of heat really quick because yeah. it's made to do that. And yeah. you know, what you're, what you're doing with those normally is, Heavy gauge wire, like in an automotive application. Uh-huh. I've seen people use them to 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 wire motorcycles, to wire cars, to do. They're joining decent gauge wire, yeah, end to end. You know, let's say eight gauge or you know ten gauge or whatever they're whatever they're using. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's not what you want to use on a pinball machine or yeah. a video game. So let's yep. let's like I said, let's just kind of revisit here some of our recommendations. And I have always been personally, I, I've used Weller. Oh yeah. All right. That's what I use as well. The first unit I had was the Weller and I have links to this in the show notes out to Amazon. And it's the Weller WLV 100. It's a 40 watt station. This is very recognizable to a lot of people. It's, just kind of a generic looking mm-hmm. pla- red plastic based weller. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And it's all, it's kind of like an all in one little unit. The left side of it is your power switch and your temperature control. And it's just a knob. So you kind of do it by feel, so to speak. And then the right side of it is kind of open and it's got a place where the, the tip cleaning sponge goes and it's got a holder that you stick your iron in. So it's kind of all kind of just right there. And honestly, I got mine not too long after I started. It was 
on a on a sale, a big stack of them at a local electronic store that isn't much of an electronic store anymore. Yeah. And I want to say back then it was like 45 bucks, which was very reasonable for what was in the market. And today they're still out there. The parts are available and they're like $35 on Amazon. Okay. Mine is still around. Actually, I had it in my shop sitting on top of my desoldering tools or my desoldering irons for the longest time. Uh, At one point in time, I just used it for like cap kits. Yeah. And then I used my a little the little nicer weller I had for more detailed work. And at this point, I just do everything with the one iron. It, just this week I'd mentioned that I, I'm out there kind of cranking away on that Mr. Dew's wild ride. I said, you know what? I'm going to take this out in the garage. So whenever I have a need to do soldering out in the garage, I have an iron, you know, a respectable little iron to just do what I need to do. Yeah. So so that you don't have to drag stuff everywhere. Yeah, exactly. So now it's my garage iron. Mm -hmm. It will, it will continue to live for, for what it does. If you're just going to do stuff on occasion, maybe a pinball coil here or there, you just need a soldering iron around. It works just fine. It yeah. takes. It does take a little bit to heat up, but I mean, it's thirty five bucks. You know, it yeah. works. Yep, yep. Kind of the next step up from that is the Wes series, Weller W E S series. And Whitney, I don't know if you were aware of this, but it looks like they've retired that series. Well, I, I am aware of that because um, I mentioned Jeff Waldron. I'll, I'll bring his name up again. He and I were talking about uh, soldering stations maybe a month and a half to two months ago and i shot him some links and went out and looked and i realized that uh the trusty wes 51 is discontinued now. it is yeah, yep. it sure is yeah so on my desk i've got the 51d which okay. is so think, think that's of, the digital version that's the digital yeah, version the same one i've got so yep. the 51 is i guess the next step up in the weller line yeah from the the venerable WLV100, the station I was just talking about, just yeah. the kind of the generic red one. The difference between the 51 and the 51D is the D has a digital readout, so you can see what you've got your temperature set to. Right. They ran about 100 bucks. The the D was just a shade more. And like I said, that that is what I've used for the longest time. And for me, it, it heats up fast. The iron is light. And it just has done everything I've asked of it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it, it, quality. Yeah. And I'll take this, I'll take this moment, this, this opportunity to kind of sidebar real quick and say, you can spend just with, as with most things, you can spend as much as you want on a soldering iron. Uh-huh. I'm not saying that. But you the, don't have to. You don't have to. Yeah. yeah. Correct. Yeah. I'm not saying that these are the, the Cadillacs, you know, you, you can get. Very, very expensive irons. Yeah. And for what I do, for what I've done, I mean, I do everything from dot 100 headers to all the through hole ICs to real fine or fine from our perspective, fine soldering on more modern through hole boards. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think the finest board that that i typically work on is going to be something out of a later williams pinball yeah all the way up or all the way down rather to big massive traces the size of a sidewalk (laughs) on like a geo seven monitor you know and everything in between these have worked for me and again you can go out and spend three four or five hundred thousand dollars on an iron these are still good oh yeah there's no doubt now if i grabbed a five hundred dollar iron to work on a Geo 7, I might see some differences, 
I'm not sure it's worth the extra four hundred dollars. Yeah. But that's me. I'm just throwing yeah. it out there. So don't think this is this is the best air quotes or the end of the world end all be all. There are other options. This is just kind of what works for us. Sure. So it looks like the Weller, the Wes irons have been replaced with uh, um the W this is a mouthful. Yeah. W E1010. N A. Yeah, it's almost like binary. An, it's almost like anthropomorphism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the, these are seventy watt with digital temperature setting displays irons, and it kind of looks like the next generation of the fifty one D. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. It, just, it just looks like a freshened up version of the fifty one D. There's no doubt about it. And, and the price points the same. They run Amazon links here in the show notes. They run about hundred and five dollars. Now, the one thing I didn't look at is to see if the the tips are compatible. I've seen that with the manufacturers that I deal with, mainly Hacko and mm-hmm. Weller. They'll have series 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 of tips yeah so this iron and that iron and this iron takes this series and these other irons take that series so they don't tend to to stray from what they know is available tips the irons themselves will have different features the stations will have different features all that kind of fun stuff but at least the tips are available so yeah. even though the 50 the wes series are now kind of kaput i have no fear i can go out and buy tips oh yeah even yeah. weller quality tips oh yeah, yeah yeah no doubt no doubt i i so say it another way i'm not looking to get rid of mine no no yeah, not yeah. at all yeah no so if you're kind of like in the hacko camp and i know that i like and i think you like as well whitney hacko desoldering tools i'm For a big sure. fan of them oh yeah me too hacko's equivalent is that fx888d mm-hmm. who comes up with these names? <laughs> i don't know it's, it's anyway. A, it's a mouthful. I know what it is the Hacko FX eight 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 D three eights and a D. It's a seventy watt, like the 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 newer air quotes Weller, and it runs right the same uh, range. It's one hundred and five dollars. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And if memory serves, that's actually got a digital display too for it, the temperature. It, 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 it does, does, but it, yeah. but it's the older um, it's the older seven segment display type, like the the fifty one D is, but it's still digital. Yep. Yep. So yeah. And the newer Weller, it's got an LCD on it. It, it has an it? LCD. It sure it does. certainly does. Yeah. yeah. Snazzy. Ooh, modern-ish. <laughs> so, and again, I, I mentioned these are these are irons for hobbyists. I, I don't do production work. I, it's, probably, it's probably fair to say I do far more soldering than Whitney does. Here as of late, yes. <laughs> Here as of late, yes. I probably haven't done as much over the past year just simply because of just everything else. just everything yeah. else but uh, i mean yeah i mean i've got my station set up and and run it when i'm when i'm in game fix mode oh yeah i'm i'm running it if you haven't had it on a while before you flip it on dust it because there's nothing like flipping an old iron on that's been sitting around and you that dust starts to pop to pop burn and, off pop and, and pop. crack yeah yeah yep. yeah you want to talk about a i'm trying to think of a way to say this <laughs> you want to you want to talk about a kind of a clinching moment. Yeah. Yeah. I can <laughs> try to decide what, what is going what's on. What's going on? Is it going to blow up or what? And so again, like I said, these are, 
we have found these to be great solutions for what we do. Mm -hmm. And again, you can go out and spend as much as you want. Honestly, I think a lot of it when it comes down to, to Weller versus Hacko versus I think Metcow's another big manufacturer out there, I guess Pace is still around. You're probably getting into a little bit of a Dodge versus Chevy versus Ford truck conversation. It's kind of what you like. Again, this is what we found that have worked. We've recommended these a million times. They're affordable. The parts are out there. They just work. They just for run. What they are. That's exactly Absolutely. right. Absolutely. Yep. Now, I will tell you, I mean, even at $100, when you step up to about that $100 range, even for just occasional use, it does make a difference. I mean, mm-hmm. there is there is value for money there. But as much as I'm soldering, as many things as I'm doing, I don't see a need for me personally to jump to a five hundred dollar iron or no. three hundred dollar iron. There's no or way two hundred dollar iron. No, there's no way I could justify it because uh, you know when you look at like the the fifty one or the fifty one D, and it looks like the the W ten ten NA is the same way. I mean that hundred dollars is buying you a lot of flexibility in how you wield the iron mm-hmm. the iron's light and uh, the the silicone tube the uh, the cord that connects the iron to the base yes. you're paying you're paying money for that connector but it is worth every single penny because it's so flexible it's so durable and it it just allows you to, to really be nimble with the iron in your hand and how you approach what the target of what you're going to use the iron for it's it's fantastic i I mean if you go back down to like a 35 dollar iron the cord alone is going to be a a frustration point you got like a pvc or vinyl type cord. yeah oh yeah it's going to be a frustration point i've mentioned it on the show i have a radio shack iron it's it's (laughs) digital temperature yeah uh with the digital temperature display yeah it heats up super fast. Yep. It actually takes pace tips. Uh-huh. The one thing I this, here, here's where I got it. When Radio Shack was going out, it, it made its way around on I think it was Clove, and this was way before Facebook was a was a thing from from the from the hobby perspective. It was going around that these things were going on clearance, and they were Radio Shack priced at like ninety or hundred dollars. Okay, and my uncle had a Radio Shack by him, and I said, hey, on your Text team said, on your way in, this is what I'm looking for. Can I mean, it was literally walking distance from his house. They had it, and it was like, I want to say it was under 30 bucks, like 20 some odd dollars is what it had been discounted to. They had it so long under the fluorescent lights that the red in the front of the box had faded out to like purple. (laughs) This iron heats up quick and it, one of the things i love about it is from the base station of the iron it has got like a 78 foot long cord oh that's awesome so you can put the station in the bottom of a pinball machine and you can get all the way up to the flippers you can get to the machine next to it i mean it's amazing that's, that's awesome but it's not silicone oh so oh. It, it, at times it is like it fights you it doesn't fi- it, it yes does. yes if you've ever and this is going to sound kentucky if you've ever dealt with a frozen rope it's like messing with a frozen rope. Yeah, I, I I would almost equate it, or like a frozen electric cord, or you know, like I'm yes. sorry, a frozen extension cord yes. or something like that, or a cheap extension cord. Yes, yes, it is so frustrating. So I mean, that iron is in my travel kit. I use it all the time, uh-huh. but. 
oh yeah, that cord fights me. Yeah. So yeah, that, yeah, yeah. yeah that's so it. Your money, your money's in that cord is where your money is. <laughs> I wonder if I can go back and retro. Anyway, so hey, couple, I'll tell you what, it'd be a good point if you do it. It'd be good to talk about it on the show. That'd be awesome. A couple other things that I would recommend, and I've got an Amazon link, and actually the link, if it works correctly, Whitney, you'll have to test it. It's more of a search. Because there's so many options here, I didn't want to just pick one. Yeah, it worked. I brought it up. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a tip cleaner. Mm-hmm. And this is, if you haven't seen them, maybe a lot of folks have, think of just like a, 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 a it's a, it's, they're ball shaped and it's kind of like a, made of brass string. I don't know how you describe it. It's flat. It almost, yeah. it almost looks like Christmas tree tinsel in terms of the form factor. But imagine like a long piece of tinsel made out of brass and then woven into a, basically a ball shape. Yeah. And what you do is you just jam the tip in that and it works to scrub the tip off. And it does such a good job. It does. Yeah. I like that so much better than your typical sponge. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and this is this may be internet myth, but I can understand it. If you've got a wet sponge, even if the sponge is at room temperature, or even if it was hot water in the sponge, it is still far cooler than an iron. I run my irons at 700 degrees. Uh-huh. So you jam the iron in there, you're going to get a little bit of a shock to the iron and the heat element. And then the element's going to have to overcome that. So I could see where, I don't know, I mean, we could... I guess we could arm wrestle over the discussion here, but I could see where it could reduce the life of the iron because you're constantly shocking it and it's heating up, shocking it. Yeah. And you would think that it may over rough on the tip, rough on the tip, because I I would, I almost equate that to the same thing as why you never spray a hot engine block with a garden hose. Don't cool it that fast. Yeah. yeah, You can't cool it that fast because you'll crack it. Absolutely. And so I I look at the tip scenario with the sponge is it's like, oh, you're going to, yes, you may clean it, but you're stressing it. Yeah. And, and so the brass, you know, the brass ball doesn't do that. It just, I mean, the tip comes out looking beautiful and maybe, maybe the tip will drop five degrees while you're doing that. And then it heats right back yeah. up. Yeah. So the link should take you to out into Amazon and there's, they're very inexpensive. And a lot of the the vendors on Amazon offer kits where you get the little holder and a bunch of brass balls. I'll be honest with you. I've used the, you know what, out of the one I've got and I've never, I've got a spare ball in there. I've actually got a hackle branded one. So it's got a real heavy base. I've never replaced the ball. I got mm. a brand new and, and yeah. I have used the daylights, the out, of daylights yeah. out of it. Yeah, we'll say it that way. You know, just take a look at it, choose your own. I would suggest that over the sponge. And then kind of the well, the second to last thing here is some good solder paste flux. So you can get these in little canisters with a screw off top and imagine the consistency of like a toothpaste. Uh-huh. And yep. it's solder flux. And what I use it all the time, if if I'm joining two wires, once I strip the wires, I'll dip them in the solder paste because it helps transfer the heat so much faster and suck that solder in so much quicker. You can join a couple wires quickly and you won't even deform the the insulation. Oh, I mean, that's, it's, a, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. It, it, 
I use it all the time on pinball machines, especially, you know, coils. If I'm going to put a, a flipper coil back in or any coil back in, once I get myself clean wire, I'll dip it in some flux paste and it, it'll do it to it. I mean, it just, it, it draws that solder in and it's really inexpensive as well. I didn't put a link in here because there's so many options and so many size little canisters. Frankly, I don't have a favorite. I don't buy it that often because it lasts forever. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking on Amazon and you can get two jars of this stuff for $7, you know, so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, there yeah, you go. Two, two, two little, I two have, little jars. I have a little squeeze tube that uh-huh. was in a bunch of stuff my brother had. It's from Radio Shack. I have used it for years in my travel kit. Yeah. And what I'll do is I don't even really kind of squeeze it out. I just, if I'm doing, when I'm doing a wire, I stick the wire right in the end of the squeeze tube, put the, put the lid back on it yeah. and I'm off to the races. Yep. It, yep. it, it has saved me so much trouble. I, I can't even tell you, I mean, just tacking things back together really quick. Yeah. You get some of that, that older wire that's had a little heat soak to it and it doesn't want to take solder real well. <laughs> you throw, you, you dip it in some flux and Bob's your uncle. Yeah. Okay. Good. That's awesome. Yep. The other thing, speaking of flux that I would recommend, <coughs> pardon me. I love Kentucky, but it's killing me with <laughs> Oh my gosh. I gotta have some water. Mm. The other thing I would recommend, and this is just common stuff, is alcohol and some cotton swabs, some like have, Q-tips. Gotta have it. It is great for cleaning up like flux residue from uh, something maybe you've soldered or if you're trying to desolder something and there's a bunch there from when, whenever, whatever it was was manufactured. It's great for cleaning dirt and crud off uh, pads. So you've got a clean surface to solder to. I keep a bottle of, now I happen to have some 91% alcohol in there. And I just noticed the other day, Whitney, I don't know what it's like in everyone else's area. All year during the COVID deal, for, for the longest time, you couldn't get alcohol. In the last several months, you can you can really kind of find the seventy, and I just noticed within the past couple of weeks, ninety one returned into the the aisles. Oh, got it. So I keep a, a bottle of ninety one in there and a box of Q tips. I, I use it for exactly what I said: clean solder pads, clean flux up, just make make the surfaces that I'm working with as clean as possible, so they solder nicely okay well good yep yep so there's a couple there's a couple tips for things to kind of have around and you know just kind of touching back on what you really kind of need to be using at least generally uh for, for a soldering iron perspective for what we do yeah unless, unless you're doing an alternator then you need like a 200 watt club <laughs> <laughs> then then you need the tmc yes you, know, you the, do the original that's what you need and i don't let me forget i am going to get a picture of that before before we go well brent just um here towards the end of the show we've got a couple of uh news items here i guess maybe i i don't know if it's really quote unquote spend your money it's it's probably just more so developments over the past month that I wanted to highlight that I wanted to highlight here. You know, we haven't had a, a good proper spend Brent's money segment in months. <laughs> We're I'm 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 falling off on that. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to run back around and make sure that that happens. But this first one here is an update on what we uh, a topic that we brought up last month was the uh, the battle of the of the test pattern generators. You remember <laughs> oh, us yeah. talking oh, yeah. about that. 
the Crafty Mech and uh, Jason Cops uh, forthcoming uh, Vector and Raster TPG. But we in the past month we have had an update on the Crafty Mech TPG two. This is uh, posted on their Facebook page uh, actually just earlier today as we record this the twenty fourth of March, and it's it's interesting here. Uh, Crafty Mech has a screenshot and they note one of the new features of the TPG two will be an on screen battery indicator. This is the first quote-unquote new feature that I've seen released. And I'm wondering how how they're going to do this is kind of like a slow burn of, uh, of feature peaks or things like that. But uh, a bat- an on-screen battery indicator would be nice because, I mean, let's face it, Taking a nine volt in and out every single time you want to use the TPG is kind of a pain in the in the back I, end. I am good uh, at taking batteries out of things. Yeah, but I don't do it for the TPG. Yeah, I don't do it for my <laughs> TPG my multimeters. Either. Yeah, yeah, or my multimeters. Yeah. Either one, I don't do it. So it would be nice to have uh, anything that's a convenience factor like that is nice. I'm really curious as to what the TPG two is going to turn into. Uh, and and what the what the new convenience features and, and functionality on this is going to be. So there's, if I remember correctly, was Crafty Mech doing a separate pattern generator for Vector? That's how I understand okay. it. Now, yes. I, talking about the like the battle zone I mentioned at the top of the show, I so wish I had a Vector generator. Well, that's what Jason Cop is supposed to be producing as an all-in-one it'll do raster and vector as one unit we'll have to see uh you know i'm ho- holding uh you know ho- holding uh holding Let, hope there listeners of the show will r- know that i've mentioned i have an actual wells gardner branded uh-huh uh not only raster but vector yep yeah, because you talked about that yeah. last month. Yeah. So I did pull down the, I pulled them both down and I looked at. <laughs> they, they didn't fall on you and hurt you? No, I mean, okay. they're ginormous. <laughs> yeah. I, I love the paint because it's the classic hammer tone paint that you see on so many consumer goods, yeah. like from the 60s and yeah. it hung around through the through the 80s. <laughs> yeah. So I got really looking at it and what is, is what, I, what I understand is it would, it will do black and white. And if I'm recalling and reading what's online correctly, it will do Wells and Sega color vector. And the difference between the Wells and the Sega is the uh, is the input voltage range uh, between the Sega is different than the Wells. And of course, the, the connectors are different. And as it turns out, the pigtail I have is for the least common of all of them the Sega. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. I'd have to get into kind of reverse engineering a lot of stuff and putting together notes and bits and pieces. Why don't you, why don't you and, just buy one of these? <laughs> yeah. And seriously, this, this just makes a good wall decorative piece. Hey, look at that. And That's a piece just, of history. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 to, I totally get it. I totally get it. Well, the great thing is, is that, uh, we're, it looks like it's moving. Development is moving. Uh, I did not include it in the show notes, but Jason cop did post a video on Facebook a couple of weeks back. I caught it, but I, I should have saved it and I didn't. But he was he, he was showing a pre-production board. He did he did this video showing a pre-production board, and he was cycling through some of the test menus and then some of the test patterns. So, the, both on a the, vector monitor or on a raster. This monitor? was on raster, but he he noted that that vector vector support was going to be there. Okay. Now, 
uh, I guess the, the 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 good thing we can say is is that uh, you know these are both obviously under development, and we'll stay we'll stay tight on this because uh, quite honestly, when when either or both of them release, I'm going to buy them both. You know, because I want the functionality, and I, I this this is a piece of equipment that I'm highly interested in, and I always want to see what what's new and what's available. So for the money, I, for the money, I can I, I use my TPG I, a, all the time. Yeah. All the time. Oh yeah, they're so it's so handy, man. And so honestly, handy. I could see buying a TPG two just for here, uh-huh. and then putting my old TPG one, which is still running version one of the firmware, as yeah, your road as your just road put case. It in my road kit. Yep, yeah. that's right, the road kit. Exactly. Because there, there's been many a time I knew I was going to go do something with a monitor, and I'd have to loop by the shop and take it. Yeah. Because I just I don't have anything like that. Well, with n- me. now now get you a TPG two or whatever, and it'll be. It's cheap enough that you could have two. Let's put it oh, yeah. that way. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other uh, second to last item here I wanted to mention, uh, Jason Cop here again. Uh, the guy's pretty prolific. I mean, he he's doing a lot of reproductions on on Facebook. It's uh, PCB reproductions. It's it's pretty amazing what what Jason's doing. He is selling a Sega G eighty a reproduction blank Sega G eighty board. Uh, these are uh, these are the CPU boards. Forty dollars plus ten dollars shipping. Looks like he's got a stack of these. I'm not I'm not currently a customer for a G80 CPU board right now, but um, I, you know it's I, it's one of those scenarios where it's like it, if you were of like mind and needed a repro board, uh, these are new. These are uh, you know, have no runtime on them, have no, you know, I wonder, supposedly should have no issues. See, I'm not familiar with that board set. I, not, neither am I. I think the G80 is used in, well, several games, I, I'm pretty sure, but I think it's used in Star Trek. It's, is it yes. the card cage in Star Trek? I, I believe it's the vector, the Sega vector. So, oh, you, and then so, so it, that would be Space Fury. Space Fury. That would be probably Tax Scan to go along with that Star Trek, and uh, I don't know, maybe some other. Uh, what, what I think there's others? a raster game or two that's maybe on a that similar use them, cage. Maybe may I'm, I'm not upon my Segas, but neither neither am I. So that may be something like maybe Astro Blaster or maybe I don't know. I'd have I'm to just go back and to, look. Uh, and I don't mean this in a wrong in a bad way, but I'm trying to figure out why. Because like <laughs> well, like I have because, because he can. <laughs> well, there's that. Yeah, there's yeah, obviously there's that. Obviously that. Yeah. Um, I I have somewhere along the line I've forgotten I had this. I told you about it a couple of weeks ago, uh, as I was cleaning out my laundry my laundry storage room. I have a reproduction main board for Omega Race. The Mega Race board set is dude. A, y- yeah, yeah, I remember you saying that. It's an L board shape, very similar to like the L board Space Midway Space Invaders. Yeah, and but it's not the same board set, but it's very similar. Yeah, in terms of just when you look at it, you've got a board that plugs into another board at ninety degrees. Yeah, yep. The main board had a battery on it, so they are terrible about being absolutely ate up. There was a re, there's a use for that board. Yeah, understood. I I. Yeah, I, I don't. There know must if, be something I'm missing, not being a Sega person. Well, I I don't know, and I and I freely admit it. I, I just caught this, and I thought it was interesting. And uh, I mean, since I don't have any, since well, Frogger would be the only Sega game that I currently own, 
and I don't have that board set and it's not that board set. It's a a stack board. Thank you. It's not that board set, which is, yeah, that's where I was going. And it's also not vector. So I I have none of this right now, but I I am sure there's a reason, but I'm sure there's a reason. And I like to bring it up and because there are probably people out there running space fury or or star Trek or whatever that if, um, you know, they may want this and want to build up, you know, a spare, a spare CPU board. So, uh, we mentioned that. Now, this last one is something that I thought was super interesting. So and, did I. Yeah, I've read, read ahead have, here. Have you read ahead here? Yes. This, this, is pretty, this is pretty neat. So this is from a gentleman by the name of Dave Langley, and he is over in the UK, and he is a member of the Williams Defender Players Unite Facebook group. And this is only one of a few projects that Dave has brought to uh, has brought to production. Um, there's others, and we can go into those in, in future uh, future episodes. But this is a reproduction ROM board for Defender. Now, not not for Robotron, not for Sinistar, not for Joust, not for anything else. This is Defender. Okay. Now, here's the thing. Uh, everything, all of the game code is packed on a single ROM, one EEPROM, boom, that's it. Okay. So you don't have to worry about multiple 2532s, 27, you know, 20, uh, 2532, 2716s or anything like that. One EEPROM done. The, the ROM itself is big enough and I'm reading through, I'm picking and choosing out of the bullet list here just for the sake of brevity, but it, but also to hit the, the high points, it's big enough to hold 16 different game versions of, of defender. I'm going to tell you, Brent, I didn't realize that there I, were 16. I, versions I don't think of defender, there is. And I don't think there is either. Yeah. I think there's, Two or three? two or three is how I understood. Yeah, because I think Williams even uh, the labels were color coded. Color coded. That's exactly right. So yes. it was just real easy. Tell me what color labels you got. Exactly, and then you know yeah. which ROM version you're running. Right, but yeah, where I was going, keep going. Yeah, because the, what's interesting about this is because it's enough to hold variants, hacks, bootlegs, whatever. That's it where may I was be. going, or or homebrews, or, or homebrews. Yeah. That's right. Now it has a remote board uh, in the coin door that allows you to go through the the ROM the the different ROMs game ROMs on the EEPROM for game selection. It has an NVRAM built in. You can either enable it or disable it. Okay, uh, feature, featuring dip switches, and it says if it's enabled. Um, then, uh, if enabled, the CPU board CMOS RAM is disabled. If, if disabled, the CPU C, the CPU board CMOS RAM takes over. So you can run either quote unquote original or the, uh, or the NVRAM on this ROM board. Uh, it optionally incorporates the, the widget board or the interface board. And again, this can be either turned on or off it, with dip switches. Uh, detachable ribbon cable. It says no more dead games due to crappy ribbon cables yep. that have that don't have strain relief. Uh, yeah, which, so like, like your your widget huge. board has a uh, what's what's the what's the PF for the sixty eight twenty one? Yes. So yeah, that's the, it. The widget board has is like this little itty bitty dinky satellite board with a P on it for yeah. your controls. Yep. So you can eliminate that, and you can eliminate. With using the CMOS on here, you can get rid of your batteries, I presume. Exactly. Yeah. So, see, on the main so, board. so that's big. Uh, it says fully socketed uh, quali- with quality sockets for easy maintenance, power LED and reset LED, okay, which is awesome. And then the last one, uh, Dave says, finally, we have pause mode for Defender. So you can press P1 and P2, player one, player two, at the same time. 
Uh, it requires using his built-in widget board, okay, uh, or the button on the remote board to pause the CPU, hence the game code execution pauses and the game pauses, and then press it again to release. Um, note this function requires Watchdog to be, to be disabled on the CPU. It may cause monitor burn if used for prolonged <laughs> periods. there for 87 days. 87 days. Use at your own risk. Brent, I'm going to tell you, I love me some defender mm-hmm. and i love me some defender <laughs> i want one of these okay? do you have an idea on what the prices of this is I, this out there I, yet? I don't know yet but uh i'll make sure that there's a link to the post on facebook and i'm going to do a little bit of research because if a man or woman has a defender or six or six <laughs> like you like well, <laughs> three like me uh if you if you're going to build the best defender possible, you ought to have one of these in it. That that that's my thought right there. I'd want it for pause, if nothing else, for pause. <laughs> I'm really interested to know what what flavors of the games are. Out yeah, there, yeah, I, me too. I'm me not too. super concerned about the Williams versions. Um, it seems to me, and hopefully I'm getting the right game. It seems to me that I think Defender was a game that the operators complained was too hard. Uh-huh, yeah. And then they... Asteroids Deluxe was the same way. Or, uh, hopefully I'm not confusing it with Asteroids Deluxe. No, but, no, you're not. You're and then not. they they issued another ROM set that made some things a little easier. Yes. Or added some options to the operator controls. Well, no, that, stuff I, like that. that I don't know. But you are right about the multiple ROM revisions. So yeah. I'm just wondering if... Uh, um, so as to say outside of the three, let's just go with three games you can get from Williams. What else is out there? I don't know. That's what, that's what I want to know. It'd be interesting to look in May. I mean, quite honestly, I've not, I've not looked through Mame in such a long time to see what bootlegs might be there or, or are supported by the, whatever driver that defenders using. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to do some homework on this because uh, this seems to be one of those items that it's like you, you get this and you pack it away for when you for when you're ready to use it, yep. because who knows how long this is going to be available. I, I mean, I have no idea. So uh, but anyway, well, if I, if I can get a linkable if I, I'm sorry, if I can get a usable link that will get you to how you can get this, then I'll include it in the show notes. <laughs> Being on Facebook, that's a challenge. Well, okay? I didn't even know this group existed. So Defender oh, Players that, Unite. That's yes. pretty cool. Okay. It, it, it's, it's a great group. Join it. You'll you'll love it. And uh, Dave has posted uh, a fair number of his projects inside that group. So Brent, with that, buddy. <laughs> I think that Slow brings clap. us. I think that brings us to the end of uh, episode number ninety-eight. We, Brent, we've covered a lot of ground here. That that much we know. We didn't get into Bob Ross. We and, didn't. And, oh my and, gosh. Yeah, and we. So we didn't. You know, we, we didn't we tangent. To yeah. We failed to get, have another giveaway. <gasps> oh, which means yes, we did. And you know something? Oh, you man. didn't get me an address. I did not get you an address. Uh, I'll get that, Matt. Yes, Matt. I apologize. I it's will not get my that. Fault, Matt. No, but Matt, <laughs> I will reach out to you. Get an address. Um, we have a, a and I, I did want to say this, David Fix from American Pit. We we had like no pinball talk on this show, but I, I or hardly any outside of the Rotten Dog. But one thing I will say, David Fix now. Um, employed by American Pinball. I was going to say, is that the same it one that we yes. use from Pinball Expo? Expo yes. Okay. Yeah. David Fix now works for American Pinball. He reached out to me uh, and uh, offered up a giveaway 
that we can use as a contest. It's it's a poster from American Pinball. Okay. Very, a very nice poster, actually. I, and I still have a full prize closet. Excellent. So we can uh, we'll we'll come up with it with an with a, a giveaway. Or I'm sorry, contest for a giveaway for next month. Or we may hold it to episode 100 and just uh, just give it all away at one time. I don't know what, what we're going to do, but but we're going to have a giveaway from American Pinball on at least the next one or two shows. We'll figure that out, Matt. I'll get your address. I'll give it to Brent. So there there we go. Uh, with that, <laughs> <laughs> with that, Brent, we. Uh, where can we be found? <laughs> well, Whitney, of course we can be found on iTunes. Oh, yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah. uh, as with uh, any place that you can find us, iTunes, uh, the Google Play Store, yeah. uh, anywhere that you can leave us a review, yep. we would ask you to please leave us a review. Now, we can see the iTunes reviews. Uh, yep. But that doesn't mean that we're going to be able to see them in all the different podcast apps or locations where our, our show is also carried. So I'd hate to ask an additional step, but if you do leave a review, can you screen cap it and send it to us? Other oh, than that'd iTunes. Be yeah. Because we'd, we'd love to know what else is out there. Yeah. But I will just generally say, especially as it comes to iTunes, if you leave us a review, it gets us out there to more folks. Yeah. More people can hear the show. It puts us higher in their search results. We're not, we're doing this for the love of the hobby, but you know what? Kind of circling back to what I said earlier, anything that we can pass along. Yeah. It's good. Whether it's uh, some tips, some things we've learned, uh, products we found, that's that's why we do this. Yeah. So yeah. those reviews get our reach out there further. Yeah. And and we are going to be submitting to uh, quite a few other podcast services. One thing, Brent, that's nice is that uh, the new podcast publishing engine that I use on the on the new website uh, it it actually allows us to. Uh, essentially one click submit to easily 20 different oh, podcast awesome. syndicate uh, syndicate um, uh, engines and it's nice because I don't have to go hunt those down any longer oh, and do great. one at a time I can go through and checkbox 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 click submit and it auto submit so we're I mean yeah we've been on iTunes we've been on Google Play been on Stitcher for quite some time there's a bunch that I never even knew existed as I was looking through the the, the new list I'm like like, oh, we got to get out there on those 17 others. So we'll w- once once we're live with the new site, uh, like I say, if you're hearing this, we are live with the new site, then we'll we'll get, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get a lot more, a uh, lot more reach from that regard too. Uh, we're out on social media, mm-hmm. uh, facebook.com slash broken token. Yep. Twitter at broken token. And of course the website that Whitney has mentioned, and I am just eagerly, I'm over here rubbing my hands. I'm eagerly awaiting, uh-huh. uh, Bro- there, I said, uh, again, yeah. I just completely, I had it rolling, completely blew it. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, that, that was more of a sigh. That yeah. was like a Adam's family lurch sigh. There you go. Uh, uh. Of course the website brokentoken.com. Yep. And, and, and everybody, we, uh, we thank you for listening and, uh, we certainly appreciate the time that you spend with us coming back, uh, in, in hanging with us month after month. Uh, we'll say that, uh, that it, it's been great. We certainly enjoyed the, the discussion this month and looking forward to next month. And until then, keep your quarters clean and game on. Congratulations, you made it to the end of another episode of the Broken Token Podcast. I promise they'll do better next time. Maybe next episode, they'll actually listen to me for a change. 
Just go easy on the guys. They don't have a lot to work with. But I know their moms would be so proud. We want to hear your feedback, comments, rants, raves, and otherwise, both good and bad. Drop us a line via email at podcast at brokentoken.com. You can also call us at 470-2-CALL-BT. That's 470-222-5528. And leave us a voicemail. We'd love to hear from you, and we might play your message on air in the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broken Token and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Broken Token. Britt and Whitney are always posting content between the official episodes, and it's a great way to stay involved with the show between the shows. You can find our podcast on the iTunes store and on Stitcher Radio. Just search for Broken Token and subscribe to the show. Like what you hear? Please consider leaving us a review on the iTunes store and on our Stitcher Radio page as the reviews help out the show. Please visit our website at brokentoken.com for articles, reviews, restoration logs, direct show downloads, and expanded show notes for this and every episode. Once again, thanks for listening. The Broken Token Podcast would like to thank the only person on staff who has actual vocal talent, Miss Christy Litzy. And that's me. <laughs> Music for the Broken Token podcast is graciously provided by Mr. Scott Denisi. For more information about his music and the projects that he works on, visit his website at www.scottdenisi.com. Go Team Fiero. Hello. Do something magical. I can hear you typing. <laughs> oh, is that right? No, that's fine. That's yeah. fine. I have no idea what goes on with any of this stuff half the time. I am going to crush this computer. I'm going to take it outside and chalk your wheel with it, knowing that you will just run right run over, right it over that it. truck. And then I'm going to back my truck out and we're going to run over it again. <laughs> I am over this. A downloading update, 12.8 of 22 meg. Come on. Is it doing an operating system update? No, it's Firefox. Oh, I know what's wrong. Why the heck is it connected to the repeater in my garage? <laughs> oh, look at that. Now it zips. Zippity-doo-dah. <laughs> now that it has Wi-Fi, Yes. It's all right. It's okay, big girl. The Whit- it was Whitney, Itney. He woke you up. I know. And it's like, huh, Le- leather tea molding there. How about that? I, I didn't realize that you had such an aversion to leather tea molding. It, it, ranks, it ranks just barely above clowns. So. <laughs> <laughs> barely. 